Hey everybody, it's Nolan North, you know, Nathan Dre from Uncharted, and you're listening to the Geek Apocalypse Podcast. Hello, thank you Nolan North for your legendary opening to the Geek Apocalypse Podcast. He was not wrong in his assessment of what this podcast was, and welcome. My name's Stephen, thank you so much for checking out the podcast. If this is your first time, and we have a very extra long fun one. This is with... My good friend Ricky, uh, Ricky Tamman from Medley Sound, which for those that don't know is the other sort of podcast I do, which is about mental health, which you can find on iTunes, so you type in Medley Sound. You will find me and Ricky, who is the co-host of that show, and so he was on an episode with Steve O'Driscoll, one of the episodes, so I encourage you to listen, uh, where he was uh, sort of co-hosting that episode, and we got a really good response about that, and he's been on before, and I like him, he's a good friend of mine, so I'd like to do more hosted versions, so this is going to be more happening more often. Um, where me and Ricky are going to sit and just talk about whatever comes up. But this one is a special about Euro 2016. So, I think it's fair to say, hopefully if you'll give us a chance, but if you're not a sport fan, you may find this a little hard to listen to because we talk about Euro 2016, which is a football tournament happening currently in France, where England, like usual, falls at a very early hurdle. And got beat by a te- by a country that only had the same population as one of our towns. Um, so that kind of tells you all you need to know. So if we felt it was kind of fun to talk about the tournament as a whole, and this has obviously been released a day before the final, which is taking place between Portugal and the host nation France. Um, and we kind of just talk about it in an overall sense about football in general, about our team Newcastle, which we both support a little bit. Talk about nineties football because we're both ch- children of the nineties. Um, a really, really fun, and obviously you can tell that we're friends. Like, I mean, this is kind of a conversation me and him would have at a cafeteria over a long lunch. So um, that's kind of the point of the podcast. So as I say, we'll do more of this. It wouldn't be more. It wouldn't be obviously as like about football all the time. But uh, Ricky's going to be on more often. As I said, said uh, he's part of Mentally Sound. He's also on Twitter, which is at Vivid Ricky. Um, he's a very active Twitter user. Talks about politics. And a number of different stuff. Very active in, you know, awareness of things. I admire him for that to a certain extent. Um, because that's certainly something I don't do enough of. Um, and as I said, he would be on more often. Uh, so, as I said, very football heavy. In terms of news that I'm interested in, I'm obviously excited for you, as I said, about this particular Sunday. USC 200, which has just added Anderson Silva, because I'm a USC fan. And then the Wimbledon final, which Andy Murray's in, which is interesting, being that yeah, we, we suddenly think he's British now that he's winning. Uh, which is because uh, we're not English, we're not um, European anymore, to say the least. So, uh, But anyway... Um, Really great podcast, really enjoyed doing it. Ricky's a great friend of mine, as I say, he'll be on. The next episode after this uh, is with Alex and Holly from the NHS, so from the Mental Health Service here in the UK, so that's interesting, uh, interesting debating type podcast. Um, so that'll be the next one, but thank you for listening. Please subscribe, uh, check out our website and donate if you'd like to. But this is episode with my good friend, Rivet Ricky, Euro 2016. Booyah! Go France! Right, we're going 
Okay, hello guys. Obviously, I'll do an official introduction and then probably not use it, which is the typical podcast uh, that I usually do, where I'll go hello, go- hello, and to the person, and then never use it, and then I'll explain in the introduction what we talk about at the beginning. That's why I never use it. So this is me doing something uh, now, talking about with something I'm not going to use. And uh, <laughs> so, um, yeah, we come up with an idea, and this was on the back of. Before Ricky uh, starts talking, because I'm going to regard the, I'm going to call these hosted, and the reason for this is because I'd like to kind of do these as consistently as possible. Um, and the reason for it was because just um, I've I did do this in the past for those that are like early listeners of the podcast will know this is that we I used to do um, one with like a rotating regular guest, but then it became hard to manage. So I'd like to do kind of more of these with like a rotating bunch of people that I know. And uh, this is based off the fact that when Ricky came, Ricky's been on the show before, and then when he came on uh, with Steve O'Driscoll, that that episode was really well received, and I really enjoyed doing it, and I liked the sort of three-way rapport, so I was just like, oh, we should do more of these, because um, it's a, it, it helps with me booking guests, I get one less guest every so often, and, <laughs> and uh, it just means we can talk about uh, maybe a little bit more close to topics that we're similar inclined with, because we are, you know, we have similar personalities and being friends, that's usually the case, so with a very important tournament happening it's uh, so apologies for any sort of regular geeks who don't like sport it's going to be a little sport heavy which is not usually what geek apocalypse does uh, we usually don't really talk a great deal about sports even though i'm sure people are aware that i'm a sport fan so we're going to talk about euro 2016 but uh, didn't we have a conversation steve where we we discussed what the difference is for someone who's liking so maybe sci-fi stuff yeah yeah Compared to someone going to the match every day decked out in, like, the football kit. I mean, there's no difference there, is there? Not really, no. Well, um, uh, yeah, I think I think I, I gave, I told you a metaphor that Will Wheaton used where he's like, the funny thing about that is a lot of people play, like, fantasy football, for example. Oh, I and, uh, and in America, if you do a fantasy football, like, a fantasy baseball team or a fantasy basketball team, it's like embedded in stats and people go over like the stat sheets and decide yeah. who to pick and you know be really sort of I guess like um, you know over the top enthusiastic and, and do their research basically and Will Wheaton makes a really great point who's known as a, the stereotypical version of a geek who says it's funny that they sort of laugh at geeks who get obsessed about you know video games or board games or something whereas mm-hmm. that is the first sort of real example of somebody being as geeky as possible uh you know it, it's very very similar to playing like a role-playing game like dungeons and dragons where you have to figure out you know mathematical equations and all this kind of thing and with very, like very similar. i've seen cricket um enthusiasts over here yeah and you should go the number of this the the, the, the scorecards and the amount of stats that they mm-hmm. you know um wade through is amazing like knowing how many like runs they've they've yeah. got over the course of the year and everything else, and yeah. and then um, there was there was a there was a video game um, that came out very and it was basically like sort of a template of football manager called International Cricket Captain, okay. and there's been quite a few of them, and that was 
cricket related and that was so stat heavy everyone thinks like football manager is it's nothing compared to the, <laughs> compared to that because it would tell you like the average run scores how many runs it already had how um yeah. what their batting average was and all this kind of yeah. stuff and yeah um so yeah you, you're completely right in that opening statement that yeah um and as people know who listen to this podcast we regularly say we use kind of geek in a kind of um, verb sense of just to be geeky about something, and it just so happens. Um, I guess so straight off the bat, like, uh, sort of an interesting question would be... That's a good pun, by the way. Uh, oh, yeah, I know, yeah. Uh, straight off the bat, I didn't even realise I said it that way, yeah. Yeah, that's just my subconscious mind working there. Uh, is the first sort of interesting question would be, how much of a football fan would you say you are before we got into this? Very good question. Um... I guess I was quite stereotypical as a kid when I remember in like um, um, middle school when we had to fill in those sort of like ambition stuff. What would you like <laughs> to be when you grow up? Yeah. And every boy in the class put footballer on and you know scoring the winning goal at Wembley, and I was one of them. Mm-hmm. And it was um, obviously the the local team were. There's still time, Ricky. There's still time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm 38, but... Never 38, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so... With the, I mean, if you remember the Newcastle side at that time, it was it was when we had... Do you remember Marindina? And we had Gaza and we had Chris Waddle. And... Um, oh, God. I so thought it was like... That, that would have been like, what? Late, late, late 80s, yeah. Mm. And these been... were like... Yeah, it, it was... These were like sort of demigods in a way. And... Yeah. Uh, and I, I, you know, it was quite. I couldn't afford until maybe a few years later. When we used to go into the Milburn paddocks, and I'd get in for like two fifty. Can you imagine going to match now for two two pound fifty? It's funny. This has been a common. Uh, I did. A, I recorded a podcast last night, and we talked about how board games have a really good repetitive value because you can redo them, and they've got a lot of games now have got good replayability. And he said, it's a much more... It's very funny we've talked about it this way because uh, Lawrence, who's on that podcast, made a really good point of mm-hmm. um, you. how much is it now to go to an expensive hobby like a football game, which is just what you're referring to, because it is roughly what it would cost to buy one board game would be roughly one yeah. match, which uh, doesn't seem... And then I pointed out the last match I went to was like £35. And then it was... you got to remember, like travel like you're probably going to eat because it's going to be like five five six hour things half a day food in, the food inside the stadiums are purposely like you know ridiculously pricey yeah because yeah. uh, you, you know you can't get fed anywhere else That's although right. he said which made me quite depressed because same james's is always hard to get anything at like half time and whatnot yeah is uh my uh, lawrence said the last game he went to was uh he said it must have been a while ago because i think he said it was like first few years of the emirates uh for arsenal and uh he said that one of the things he liked, it was so big because it was like state-of-the-art and whatnot, it, there were no queues because of the amount of availability it was to get things, and I just was like, ah, oh, so wish. But, you know, we're, we're talking about, for those that don't know about Newcastle United, who we're referring to, is um, their stadium's been around for like 150 years or something. It was like 18, 1870s or something. So, um, uh, so yeah. <laughs> so it ha- it's just been modernised in, 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 a, in a small sense. Uh, but yeah, so so no, so yeah, that sounds like a lot. So that's a long time then. So, but I mean, going 
So I remember, I remember Italian ninety came. Um, <sighs> I, I know we'll talk about England in more depth in a bit. Oh but yeah, but that, that's actually that. Actually, sorry, I'll, I'll obviously let you continue, but I just wanted to make a quick comment on that. Would be interesting to kind of talk about past World Cups very briefly. That'd yeah, be interesting. But yeah, go on, Italian ninety. Yeah. So I, I was like, I, I still regard Rubia that tournament as like the uh, best. That's what I was about to say. Yeah. The, I, the only, the only yeah. bad thing. Well, there was two bad things about it. The England not winning that semi-final. Yes. We would, we would have won that final. It had, you know, I, I didn't rate Argentina much. Yes. And obviously, the, the final in itself, Germany and, and and Argentina was like one of the worst finals in, in footballing history. The most dire. Well, and 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 Europe, and and let's not forget the one four years later was was not was not exactly a classic either. Uh, no. Brazil, Italy, where only only the only reason people remember that is because Baggio, who was the best player on the planet, missed the penalty. My hero, uh, I know, yeah, he, he uh, hero, yeah. yeah, yeah, and yeah, that was just with the that as people maintain. I know I'm skipping a tournament here, but. With the, possibly the worst Brazilian team ever assembled at yeah. a World Cup. I mean, uh, so yeah, it was. It, but yeah, Italia ninety, and and uh, I, I just wanted to make a. I, I, it's funny you said that because I want to make it just a passing reference to. I saw a, a documentary about. I think it must have been before the World Cup started, where I saw this program about sort of just the World Cup in general, and they talked about. Um, uh, Love's got the world in motion, which is our um, what a what a you know how like a lot of, a lot of no, a lot of music first soundtracks. Ever, first ever CD, I bought that. Really, first ever CD. And you oh, um, you know what it is. You, you should be highly happy with that. I am not only that because I was also a hero of uh, another sort of design hero. Of mine was um um well it was. Do you, do you remember if you go back to Factory Records? Yes. Um. There was a guy called Peter Saville who designed all their um, oh, yeah. Yeah, Joy yeah, Division yeah. stuff and um, later did New Order stuff. And the, the, sing, the, the single in front of World in Motion is like got the world made up in like hexagons. To, you know, like the hexagons you on the football. Yeah, yeah. So it looks really, um, it looks really kind of uh, really. I'm like humming it in my head when I re- talk, while we're talking about it. It's such a great song. It is. Um, I'll say for those that don't know, that was by New Order, and so basically, if you go through some of the awful soundtracks, like I remember one year Germany got the Village People. <laughs> yeah. Do you remember that? Was, that? that was '94, I think. Was it? Yeah. Where it was. Um, Oh, uh, what was it called? Yeah, yeah. Whereas Love's Got the World Emotions, like Love's Got the World. It was like a really nice little like dance tune. It was like it was. And I'm there's not, not even. There's not been a better one since. You know, and probably people are laughing at just me saying that rap, that sentence of pretty good dance tune because it just doesn't fit my character. But I do occasionally like a good dance song. But going um, back to Italian ninety. Yeah, yeah. The. The the way that they married sort of like you know you had Pavarotti with doing the the the, the theme of the yes. the tournament uh-huh. the way they married art and football was just genius mm. and it was played in these like these big stadiums and um, and it was probably the mo- my most favorite England side as well because I'm sure when we talk about the Euros now we'll probably talk about team spirit yes I would say that the the England spirit of that side was like brilliant. And, and I've really good point, and I think like if we get you know, which unfortunately is this uh, the sod's law with life, is that we're going to end up, you know, unfortunately Ricky old and decrepit, and hopefully still knowing each other, and we'll be sitting together <laughs> going. I, I, but, but, you know, but my my point would be, I would be, I would make a, a, a fairly fairly substantial bet that we could still name the Italia ninety team. 
and yet we'll probably struggle to name like this past England squad in terms of some people who were on that plane because they probably won't get another chance uh, yeah. or, or or whatever, but but they're just not household names. Yeah. Um, and I think you're right. I think in terms of everyone says about you know which will get to the previous generation who like retired before this tournament that they were the best natural talent we had. But yeah, I I I've always. I'm glad you said that because I always disagreed when people said that because if you looked at the Italia 90 team and the people, some of the people who never got an England team during that generation, people like Matt Letizia, um and there's a whole bunch of other England players, you know, like um, you know Chris Sutton, who was a really you know, Andy Cole, who never got an England game, yeah. and uh, for well, uh, Andy Cole years. to be fair had his chances, but he never. I think it was probably a step too high for him. Yeah, he probably you know, like you know. Ian Wright for years was Arsenal's oh, record, Wright, record school scorer, and he had he only played he only what I I I don't know his caps offhand, but I, it's probably twenty twenty caps maybe or something. You know he hardly played because in fairness we had Shearer. But yeah, my point is like all like second string back then mm. was pretty decent. Yeah, you know, um, you know, I I, I mean like because we could you know obviously we'll we'll try and do this in chronological order, but but you know. To, to take like Euro '96 or World, or France '98, we had a pretty good squad then. Uh, you know, some of the people who weren't getting a game were still were still good players and like played for English teams. And that's kind of the argument now about why England's rubbish. Uh, or well, not going back to Newcastle as well, we 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 supplied the England team with 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 some decent talent. I mean, Italian '90, we had Waddle in there, we had Beardsley, we had Gaza, mm-hmm. and I was having a conversation with the. Uh, a, a colleague who came to my office and work, who was a scouser, and I mean, they're another um, city which have supplied the England team with with sort of talent, and we were both kind of looking at each other, say, "Where's the talent in, in now?" Whereas, like, we could name off the top of our heads the, the the players we used to sort of like, you know, we would generate good players over periods of time, but yeah. now we seem to have kind of gone dry. Well, I mean, just to, to paraphrase to now with our with our Newcastle team, um, Stephen Taylor has just left, and he was our last sort of like real academy player. I mean, obviously we've got like Adam jo- Adam Armstrong who did well at Coventry on loan last year, but um, I doubt he's going to play because we just signed Dwight Gale from Crystal Palace, which is a weird one. But um, I've just come up with a really fun little game to. Uh, <laughs> Because uh, you just got me sort of thinking. Because I, I would probably, if I wasn't, if we weren't podcasting right now, I'd be playing this game on by myself. Of uh, so, I'll, I'll save you up for it. I'm just trying to find the Wikipedia page. Um, we're not sponsored by Wikipedia, by the way, but please do. <laughs> but please do support them. They're a good. They're a good website. Uh, <laughs> um, ultimate question. I know it's like sort of putting you on the spot, and you, you don't have to get them all right. I'm just intrigued to know. Could you name the Italian ninety team? If, if you're the squad, yeah, or the, just the, any uh, like I've got the whole squad list, so I'd be impressed if you got. I'd be impressed if you got all of them. So I'm looking at some of these names going. Right, no so way the, I would know. The goalkeepers would be um, uh, Peter Shilton. Correct. Um, I didn't was, know. I did not know the other one or second guy. I'll be honest. I think I know him now because he's did, a Dave Besson. Uh, yes, he was the third one. Yes. He, the was second a, one. he was a Chelsea. He was I a forget, Chelsea, I that. Newcastle, and Wimbledon. Mm-hmm. He famously saved a penalty for Wimbledon. Um, oh yeah, I remember that. Yeah, he was part of the crazy gang. Yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, and the third keeper. Um, I, like I say, I might be wrong, but I think he might have became Newcastle coach. Oh, yeah, it is. I'm going to check that. 
Yeah, <laughs> just being old. Again, this is a, a little a little insight into what I get up to when I have a free evening. Is I just sit and uh, you know absorb information. I do that at work. Yeah. If I just if I'm just sort of like find myself I'm staring at the ceiling, I just go like Wikipedia and like learn about something that kind of interests me in the past and learn a little bit more about it in a way. Ah, right. To give you an idea about this particular guy and why I've heard of him, it's probably because I've seen him on Football Manager. Well, like he was a pretty decent, like he was a decent keeper. Did he become him. a coach at Man United? He did indeed. Yeah, he did. Yeah, just just, yeah. just, I know, just I know literally, just... literally last year, and he just he's just left. He just left now, like last year. He just left to go and join West Ham. Okay. He was a uh, goalkeeping coach for Lee Van Gaal. Right. Oh no, he wasn't. Uh, no, he was he was Moyes. Moyes picked him, and then Louis Van Gaal replaced him by a guy called Franz Huick. Okay, it's not Spinks, is it? Nope. He's uh, he's got a very he's got a very generic first name and a very generic second name. <laughs> the Christian one. Yeah, Chris. Yeah. Chris Woods. Yeah. There you go. Chris Woods, that's him. I, I have to say, I've never heard, I've never seen him in a, I've never heard of him in a like professional football player capacity. But uh. but Chilton's amazing because he played for like twenty best part of twenty. Years. His, uh, well, I think everyone remembers him playing in goal then because it was his last official tournament and he was forty. Yeah. Um, but he played till mid nineties. So I think like, Buffon Fuentes, he's, he's like 38, 39, isn't he? I think something like that. Uh, yeah, he's 36 or something, and he originally was going to retire after the last tournament. But then he's actually, and he's then he said after this one, now he's came out and said I'll retire at the next World Cup. Um, I think the reason he said he was going to retire three or four years ago in all seriousness is because he was really struggling. He had like a really down. He was making mistakes at Juventus, and was like maybe this is it. And then luckily, yeah. just kind of um, it, it kind of um, happened for him. Uh, he just turned it around. Uh, so yeah, so you got the keepers okay. and defense. Some of them are obvious. Some of them you, I, I'm feeling you'll get quite well. So we've got Terry Butcher. We've got um, yeah, uh, Mark Wright. Yep. Um, Paul Parker. Uh, was he? Was he there? Paul Parker. Yeah, yeah, he was. Yeah. So was, um, was that before he went to Man United? That's something I, I remember. Was, he was a Queen's Park Rangers according to this. Yeah. yeah. Um. Oh, this is Des Walker. Uh, yes, I think he did. He no, no, he played in that Germany game, West Germany game. Um, uh, right. The other ones now are just like squads, <laughs> so they might but not. Could defend. Well, obviously, yeah, but I mean, there's another defender you've missed, and there's obviously but, the fullbacks. Uh, Gary Gary Pallister. No, uh, no. no. I think he famously never played for England. No, Palestine has played, but I think that was just a bit before his time. Mm-hmm. No, I don't think he did. I think it was. I mean, he was he was, he was part of that. I mean, the, in the nineties, you made reference to the nineties before. We had great players. How we didn't qualify for ninety four? I mean, well, we yeah, I, no, I'm pretty certain, and I'll check it if you want. But I'm pretty certain Palestine never played for England, and neither did. Uh, I, I know for certain Steve Bruce didn't, and because uh, uh, they they bring they bring it up on they they bring it up on. They brought it up on Fantasy Football Club on Sky well, Sports. I think, no, I the think best people have never played for England. I think Pallister has. Might be but, right. He might have played one but game. They, regarding Steve Bruce, I think he might have just had very few caps. But, but the interesting thing is, see, I've got a, I've got a neighbour who's a, right, a diehard die Man United fan, mm-hmm. and he and he got Steve Bruce's book, and apparently says in there that his regret in life is that he never he never got to play for Ireland because Jack Charlton rang him to say. 
I want you to pay for Hagen because he's got Irish ancestry. Oh, yeah. That makes sense, yeah. But but he said, no, I want, I want to try and keep trying to get an England squad. But he never did. So he looks back and regrets because he could have played in the 94 World yeah. Cup, for example. Um, okay, I was completely wrong about Palestine. He's got 22 caps. But mm-hmm. Steve Bruce, I'm right. He never played for England. Mm-hmm. Uh, he had one B cap, which isn't uh, which isn't uh, credited. Mm. Uh, but I remember. I remember. Remember at school when you would like get mates and you would draw your own England squad. Do you remember that? <laughs> yeah, maybe sort of. I uh, the only uh, maybe sort of a little bit before my time. And the the thing that the thing that was um, really really popular when we were growing up. And we, I've talked about this before on the podcast because it used to be the same with Pokemon was Premier League stickers. So when yeah. it, it was like so they would make the, whatever version of Premier League stickers for like the World Cup. And it's, I was kind of sort of pleased to see that it still is a thing because my nephew collects them now. Mm-hmm. So I was pleased they haven't died out because you'd think, oh, yeah. like, you'd think with like video games and stuff being so realistic that people wouldn't just yeah. want to collect stickers, which is, uh, you know, I when, when, when me and my mates used to drop these England squads, yeah, because obviously we would like, obviously people like Shira and them up front, but when, when it came to the defense, we just kind of asked ourselves, why don't we just, why don't we just have the Man United defense there? Mm-hmm. It was like Bruce Pallister, um, Paul Parker, and who was the other fullback before Gary Neville? Can you remember? Uh, uh, well, the one that was in the Italia 90, which I remember because he was in a Kevin Keegan uh, VHS tape I've got, was Gary Stevens. Very good right back. Played for um, played, Everton? Played for, well, Everton yeah, United, Everton. but I remember him. Everton, the thing yeah. I most remember him for was when he was at Rangers with. Um, uh, with um, Mark Haley, Mark Haley, yeah. yeah, Mark Haley. Yeah, there he's another one who he could have played. He should have was played great. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he yeah. went to Monaco and did really well. And uh, yeah, and uh, obviously you forget Mr. Psycho. For he was at Milan, wasn't he? Mark Haley for a bit, wasn't he in Milan for a bit? Mm, I, I, was it might be Milan or Monaco? Maybe I'm getting the mix. No, he was at Monaco, but I think he had a little spell in Milan. But he was good, like I mean, there's clips of him on this uh, Keegan DVD of him and yeah. Gary Stevens stuff, and I just like he banging goals in like all over the place. And I think he like... was part of the '86 uh, World Cup. Um, yeah, but, right. Uh, wasn't this team? I'm like this. This entire podcast should be uh, sponsored by Wikipedia right now. <laughs> Isn't it the weird thing about WikiLeaks? Do you remember, like a few years back? You know what? Go you with your knowledge. Yeah, he was, no. he was at Milan before Monaco. I fucking don't remember that. Uh, Wow, he scored he scored one in two go- one one in two goals at Rangers. Uh, I know it's a Mickey Mouse league, but that's still pretty good. Uh, God, his career just died after Rangers. <laughs> the thing about WikiLeaks is, I remember when it first came out, people would say, "Oh, never trust WikiLeaks," because obviously people can go and edit and like make loads of bullshit about it. But now it's reached a stage where it's pretty much it gets checked. Like it, it, it used to be like this this free for all thing. Now it seems to be that there's quite like a good reliability, a bit like sort of Reddit where people call people out on bullshit is that if they ever say something, people just correct it. But not in a kind of like horrible way. They just go, I think that's wrong. And then they'll put a, they'll put like a, an exact, like a, a source there to say, this is where I got it from. Yeah. Um, and uh, it's funny you say that because a lot of people have come out now and going, it's kind of got rid of that persona of people mm-hmm. thinking that it's just unreliable and wrong. Yeah. Uh, it, it's, uh, there's a lot of people, even like people like, Famous people who have went on their Wikipedia's now and saying it, it's it's far far more accurate than it used to be. Well, it's um, about balance, isn't it? There's there's more there's more fans and more like fact finders compared to people who just yeah. want to kind of like be mischievous. And the one that I really liked 
which was on for a while, is Ross Noble, the Newcastle comedian. Yeah. He put on the... Uh, well, he, he didn't tell anyone, but I think it was either a fan or he did, put on his Wikipedia page that he was such a... such Everyone was such an admirer of his comedy work that they came up with a single award for the the best comedian of that year, and it was called the Nobel Prize. <laughs> <laughs> And it was on his Wikipedia for ages to the point of he used to do this thing because I've seen him stand up like quite a lot. And he used to do this thing at the end, which was just essentially a Q and A where he just basically shouted out, "Anyone want to ask me anything?" And that uh, people kept asking him that, and he yeah. just got great joy out of the fact that people believed it. <laughs> my my favorite one, and it's quite spurious. Um, there's this politician who's like the the deputy of UKIP. Mm-hmm. And somebody put on his Wikipedia page that he was a real life bungle in Rainbow. <laughs> <laughs> Genius. And it was trending on Twitter and everything. People were I love stuff like that. People were generally stopping him in the streets. Yeah. Says, you really bungle? And he had to say, <laughs> just getting more irate. Look, this isn't real. This isn't real. <laughs> Stop fucking around. <laughs> but yeah. So anyway, um, just to end this game about Italia ninety because I was yeah. feeling you're going to get most of them. Is um, well, so you mentioned Gary, you mentioned Gary Stevens, didn't yes, you? Gary Stevens, and I said you missed out Psycho, so you know, it's uh, uh, um, uh, so I, I think that's the whole defense actually. Yeah. Any Samson, was he not there? No, I think this was just after, right? Okay, uh, I think the last one was the uh, the one before, yeah, no, he's not. Oh, by the way, there was another keeper, we took four keepers. Did we? What the fuck? What the fuck's our problem? <laughs> You're only supposed to take three. Like it's man, it's only mandatory to take three. And uh, the other one was who became our number one keeper for years. Um, Seaman. Yeah. All right. I didn't know he went to tell you yeah, pre Arsenal. He was fourth keeper. Oh. Uh, yeah. To think like his career shows how keeper <clears throat> keepers are, like last way longer or like mm-hmm. can bloom a lot later in life is because he was 26 when he went to uh, Italia ninety. Yeah. So he only joined Arsenal, I think, like either a year or a couple of years later. Because um, some so, teams, some teams risk just taking two keepers. Yeah, t- exactly. Yeah, and we've took four. Well, uh, actually, it's, um, I don't know if you know this, but a, a, a few years ago, it became it, because of that problem of that if a keeper got injured, they made it mandatory out of your twenty yard squad that you have to take three keepers. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but you're right; it didn't used to be because you're right in the in the early like nineties tournaments, some people would take two and go, and then not have a keeper on the bench because they'd get if a keeper got injured they were like oh crap and yeah um and then that's why they made it a rule because they were sick of people moaning and going what if we, what if our second keeper gets injured and they're like well that's your problem uh so then they made it not a problem uh but wow. yeah but yeah as you, yeah i'd i would go along with like this is a pretty pretty um amazing uh amazing squad like good for like because should we do midfielders now? Yeah, or? yeah, go for it. Okay. Because I'm um, like reading the who's who of people there, and I'm like, yeah, we had a great, what a great right. team. <laughs> that's, that's obviously um, uh, Trevor Stephen. Yeah, uh, good, 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 good knowledge because I didn't, I didn't remember him. Um, he was another uh, Rangers, um, yep. Rangers in Everton. Yeah, um, he was at Rangers at this time. Uh, Chris Waddle. Um, yep. Now. John Barnes, but annoyingly yep. he was injured for the West Germany game, and I often wonder if he had played in that game. Yeah. Could we have won? Possibly, or, I mean, we can, we can debate this, but possibly the best natural talent, maybe, maybe ever, in terms of England. Like, uh, 
unbelievable. So he isn't good against Brazil. Yeah, yeah, but I just think unbelievable talent didn't use him. There's an, there's an element of he didn't use him properly, and there's an element of he didn't look after himself, like as he got a little bit older. But I remember when he used to like do amazing stuff for Liverpool, and commentators would regularly say, "Oh, if only did he did this for England." <laughs> but Gary Lineker said in an interview I saw not long ago where he did his like best team, and mm-hmm. he put John Barnes in and said. The yeah. reason we struggled as a nation is because we played a formation that didn't suit wingers. Um, and he just was like, we completely destroyed what made... But Barnes had a much more freer role in Liverpool. He was sort of playing as like a, a number 10. And we were playing him like on the left where he just was isolated. Mm. Um, and he, he's, he's right. Um, so yeah, obviously, we mentioned Biazzi earlier. The, the Who was our captain of this squad? The captain? Yeah. Um, centre midfield. Oh, okay. um, people say if he hadn't had injury problems, he would have. He would oh, have got, of course. He would have had. Yeah. Captain. Yeah, Captain Marvel, Mr. Brian, Mr. Brian Robson. Another one from our. Well, was he? Was he Dur- more Durham? Or was he new? Uh, he's Middlesbrough. Uh, is he Middlesbrough? No, he managed. And pl- he was player manager for Middlesbrough. I get, yeah. yeah, but I thought he did that because he was from there. No, but I'll, I'll check. It might be Sunderland. You might be right. Oh, it's Chesley Street. I think he's from Chesley Street. Let's have a look. So technically, God, yeah. go you, yeah, yeah, you're quite right, yeah. County Durham, uh, my uncle was a who's a big Man U fan. I was his. Uh, I, Obviously, I, um, uh, uh, Brian Clough was from Middlesbrough. Yeah, uh, yeah, great team. I mean, like you go for you go for our team of Italian ninety, and like yeah, most definitely we had a great team. You've pretty much named everybody. I think the the ones you might take a bit of time to get. Uh, Steve Bull was our other. Steve Bull, yes. Because um, he was he was playing in the old second division at that time. Yeah, Wolverhampton Wanderers, yeah. Legendary yeah. Wolves, Wolves. I think he uh, came on against Belgium when we beat when David or David Platt. I forgot to mention him. Oh yeah, I thought you said that at the beginning. Yeah, yeah um, that's it. That's it. Oh yeah. Oh, and we did we say Neil Webb? No, I think we did. Neil Webb from Manchester United. No, we um, didn't. But yeah, I remember him because we played um, the third place. Um, we played Italy in the third place um, playoff. Whatever it's called. Ah, uh, yeah. I remember Neil Webb play. Oh, I just thought of another player, Tony Dorigo. Yeah, that's the yeah. other one. There's that. I was just thinking, like, I don't think we named everybody. Yeah, that's it. That's definitely it. So yeah, but but like you know, at that particular time, you know, um, obviously, oh, and uh, we forgot Lineker, but we sort of touched on. It. We, we we mentioned him a couple of times, but um, you know, so we had Lineker, who was a great goal scorer. You had Biazzi, who was the best unselfish forward ever. Like you know. Linick, I used to joke, Biazzi just reluctantly scored because he just preferred not scoring. <laughs> um, and you had Waddle and Barnes who were like absolutely talented as hell. And on his day, Gascoigne, an absolute genius, yeah, um, who was in, who was still relatively young at the time. Um, and you got Platt, who was still young and and uh, could come on and get grabby a goal like that volley he scored. Um, and a good solid defence. Mm-hmm. Uh, and a keeper who was reliable even at 40 mm-hmm. so yeah we had every chance of winning that uh, I would say that the only team that matched that or was near as was probably the Euro 96 um, squad since then I struggled to think of a a squad as talented or as like gelled and well team spirited yeah I forget because I was uh, I was born in 87 so I forget 
because I remember Italia 90, because as, as, as you say, anyone who's a football fan who thinks about Italia 90, which is, in, which is as you said, was spot on, you not only think about the tournament, but you think about like how it was done, and mm-hmm. you, and the, the iconic Pavarotti opening, yeah. the, opening it, and uh, the chills it gave you listening yeah, to listen it. Doma, I think the song's yeah. <laughs> and uh, it was really good, and and it also made Italian football at that time like the coolest. Um, oh, and in the nineties, it was the business because I I the really shit, so they Because <laughs> like I'd say, Baggio was my hero, and I was I was supporting the Juventus, um, and it was like the, the, even the shirts were like really fashionable. Yeah, when there was when there were um, one of my one of one of the most underappreciated clothing lines, Kappa. Yeah, exactly. Oh, Kappa was great. Yeah. I used to love them shirts because they were very, like, sort of tight. Lotto, well, Lotto were, did, did Milan, did Oh, they? yes, Lotto, yeah. I've probably got a Lotto, Lotto yeah. version of, uh, of them somewhere. But, yeah, no, totally. I mean, we can... But which, that would be a sort of interesting, quick discussion about, you know, because y- you read about... Because I'm getting sort of annoyed about all these players going to China... Uh, because of the the money that's there, because it was just announced today as we're doing this podcast that Pele, or how do you ever say it, Pele, Pele, I don't know how you say it, the the, the Italian striker who plays for Southampton player. Yeah, he's going to China. You kidding? Yeah, it just gonna, got announced today that and not for a lot of money, like thirteen million. What? Um, because he's getting double his wages or something, so he says he's leaving. And he is like twenty eight ish, I think. So come on, but uh, it's still ridiculous. Um. It's gone down in my estimation. Yeah, yeah. So, um, but the re- so, so I'm saying though, what that leads me in relation to what you said about Italian football being great in the nineties is, mm-hmm. it's 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 shocking. Is to, to it feels shocking to me how different that is, mm-hmm. because you look at like sort of Serie Serie A now. Mm-hmm. You know, I I look at like for example the Milan teams and just think, holy crap, they they are really like. Went downhill in terms. They're not. Of, they're not household names no, anymore. No, they're, they're usually like rejects of other teams. And they they used to attract the world's best talent. And, and, and any, I, guess, I guess now they come to the Premiership or La Liga. Um, I mean, if Mario Balotelli can go to Milan and knock out a game, that's uh, <laughs> and in uh, in in well, I mean, you know. Well, uh, do you remember half the half the winning West German team of Italian ninety were like came for Inter Milan? Yeah. Uh, you had Klinsmann, you had Matthias, and I think Brem. Bremer, the fullback. Uh, that was like the the structure of the Inter Milan team, which won the I think the UEFA Cup in ninety one, ninety two, maybe something like that. So yeah, but I mean, I mean, for those uh, English people who are listening, will know because we'll know this because we've I know we've talked about this privately before, but um, is the the uh, the football Italia, uh, which was on Channel Four, oh, I love sort that. of made. Italian football, like like uh, Ricky said, just the coolest thing in the world. I used to, I used to wake up early on on Saturday just just to watch. Yeah, that. I did as well. Like and 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 as you quite rightly said though, the 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 teams back then compared to now, like what I was basically getting at is, which was re- a real shame, is mm-hmm. the all the good players in in Serie A if they don't go to like you know the Real Madrid, obviously Pogba's wanted by everybody right now. Is um, they they'll go to Juve like you know that Paula Dumbala who was at Palermo who's like supposed to be the next best Argentinian he went to Juve it's just like and uh, Inter and Milan Inter and uh, AC Milan have sort of become the 
will get the rejects that are left over. Um, you know, there's like hardly any people who play for them that ever like are wanted by. You know, that you very rarely see a, Italian wonder kid wanted by everybody. I mean, the last person that I think in I saw of any value was the guy who went to Real Madrid. The the guy who plays for Croatia, um, and he doesn't get a game for Real. Like, uh, uh, so Kovacevic, however you say it, um, just an interesting comparison because. Um, and I guess the, you know, if we're talking historically, the Italian match fixing scandal really just yeah, really destroyed that league. Good um, point. Uh, because it just, it all it lost all credibility, uh, really. Um, but yeah, so, I mean, I mean, because this is sort of something that's debated quite often whenever it gets to summertime, because it's often said that footballers are probably, you know, if we could mention a whole ton of sports on here. Is that they're always regarded as saying that they're the most run-down sports stars because they their season doesn't really end and they play all year round. So, like, do you think there's a sort of problem with the tournaments on that level? Because I guess I'm referring to, you know, because we can get into the excuses in particular England make. Um, is one of them that we don't have a winter break, for example? Well. <clears throat> I think don't the Germans have a, a winter break like something like four yes. weeks or something? Three weeks. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I, I was, think it would I, help. I, I was yeah, I was of that critique where, you know, when when you see when when managers come out and say the players are tired, and then obviously you'd, you'd have the people saying, "Well, come on, isn't isn't there sort of um, two hundred grand a week not enough motivation to, you know, <laughs> you know, sort of like make them." I don't know because um, I think it's a complete. I think it's a it's a bubble mentality that um, you're basically brought up by a club you looked after, and you kind of work around their own schedule and it's pulls apart from what me and you go through. And I don't know. Is it is it is it to play ninety minutes uh, say twice a week? Is that asking too much of a player? I think only. I I think the problem with that argument, as much as I understand. I understand the principle is the the argument of why it's harsh on the top players who end up obviously playing for England is that they're playing for a Premiership team. Mm. Uh, that during the period of time where the Bayerns and the Real Madrids and the Barcelonas and all the other teams in in Europe are taking a break, we are mm. playing our most our longest stretch schedule. Because if you think about during the Christmas period, because they know they did this for financial reason, is that there are more games on live during the Christmas period than than any other time of year, and they play. You say two in a week. Sometimes in that period of time, they could be playing five games in twelve days, and that and and the I, I mean that leads to the wider problem of I think it's a it, the, the one of the major problems is we have two cup talk competitions. That's just stupid. Which is why. You know, and then the problem is you get fans criticising it because they get the Capital Cup, which is like the second string cup here in England, is that they just put all their youth team out because they're just like, well, we can't handle the amount of games that we're going to play. And if you've got Europe on top of that, then you've got you know you, you're playing well, I, a shit ton of games. I agree um, that the, the games can be a lot more streamlined. That there's probably a lot of replays we could do without. Mm. Um, but then we had a conversation where. Well, you know, I think, yeah, we talked about that last see, like, time. Lower league, oh, yeah, yeah. Team, 
Yeah. Managed to with a big team. They deserve the right to play in that big arena. Robbie Savage, yeah. Uh, Robbie Savage. Brought up. The Cup, yeah. yeah. That's probably the reason I, I, I mentioned it to you, is because Robbie Savage said on uh, Fletch and Sav, the, the football show, that he said he caused like a Twitter Twitter storm because he's like, I think we should get rid of replays, they're meaningless. And the argument people made against them was that was really harsh of him because as someone who's made a bunch of money in football, not everybody that's in football yeah. makes the amount of money he does. And teams like, because um, they got, um, oh, I should, I, like his name just like entered me head and then left. But the guy from Wiccan, I think it's Wiccan Wanderers, he's been there forever. He, like, play, he played for them for years and he now manages them. Dario Grady. No, that's uh, from that's crew. Crew. Um, no, the guy from Wicked Wanderers whose name escapes me, but I saw him on a, a thing the other day. But anyway, he manages them now, and he played for them for years, and he, he's only like forty or something. But and uh, and yeah, he came on and said, "Well, I'll put it into like you know black and white for you. This this um, replay." Has gave us enough money to be, to yeah. run for another like two years or something. He was like, and I was, it's like, so it puts it into perspective, really, that you know this is like life or death for some clubs. Well, not life and death, but it really makes them more financially secure because you know, I mean, obviously, we've been going to this huge history of like ITV Digital and all the money they got chucked into the football league, and then that collapsed and and then I crippled. I think I think keep the replays for the for the earlier rounds, but the more the more you head towards the final. We don't need another, like, semi-final. Was it you I talked to the other day about... Was, was it you that was really pissed off at the idea of re, uh, replays and semi-finals? Was it you yeah. that I was talking to? Some friend of mine was, who, who got very yeah. irate, and I, I do agree with them. There's, there's, what are finals and semi-finals? There's no need for them. Yeah, but the, the, the semi-finals are now at Wembley, which is silly. Well, yeah, we talked about that. Yeah. I, I hate that. I've never watched a proper... FA Cup semi-final at Wembley because no. it doesn't feel right. Yeah, because it just doesn't it doesn't mean anything and it makes the final less significant. It was like three, four seasons ago it was a Liverpool v Everton. So basically... Yeah, that was it. It must have been you because you said the exact same example, yeah. You had, you had half of Merseyside yes. coming all the way down to London when they could have gone to Manchester. Exactly, or... it's much more expensive but as I, I think the, the argument I said to why they do it, which is probably obvious, is that um, the FA by doing it at Wembley get most get a, get an get an excuse to get the revenue out of it, so it's not going one hundred percent to both clubs. Are they, are they still trying to make up cash for how long it took to build it, the damn thing? <laughs> well, it? then, what the thing that baffled me, and I know going off complete other tangents here, we will get back to the Euros. Is just it's just the thing that baffled me was not that long ago they were talking about doing the whole. Do you remember when Wembley was getting built? Uh, Wembley got demolished and they were rebuilding Wembley. That they did all the friendlies like they did some here at St James's and stuff like that. They're thinking about doing that again because they think it's more lucrative. So all that money spent on Wembley and they're thinking about not having the England team there, which I just think just makes. I don't get it. I don't. I. I. I'm like the FA, which is why I think this has been brought up when Roy Hodgson left. Is that they're all about making money, not all, uh, 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 yeah, uh, and yeah. not and not making the best team, which what it is fucking yeah. pisses me off. And uh, I think Greg Dyke said that as he was leaving, didn't he? Because uh, he he's retired this year or got yeah. left this year, and he went. That's the well, they ploughed all that money as well in making. Is it called St George's Park? This brand new training facility. I don't know. Well, but that sounds about right. Yeah, I don't know where it is, but. They built this brand new centre where England players go and train, and they were saying, "Oh, this will, this will be guaranteed success." And I just remember thinking, "I just don't believe it." <laughs> it's not about it for me, you know. 
when you consider past successful teams would be playing on the beaches and and they don't need like multi million pound sort of centers with all the mod cons, you know? I think they, they talk to a bunch of Spanish coaches about what the problem with England's philosophy is. Like because if you think about it, right, Germany who will obviously get to had a good tournament this year as well, even though they, they and they should have really you know they they battered France in the particular game we'll talk about. But um, if you look at their history, they went through a period of time after like the sort of Lofa Mateus era where mm. they kind of struggled a little bit. Like they went through a couple of tournaments where they didn't do that well. And they looked at Spain and mm. saw the model that they were doing and how much they were sort of investing in the future and when we'll copy them. So Germany mm. aren't idiots. So mm. they and, and they're reaping the rewards of that because mm. look at it in ten, fifteen years time. You know, they've yeah. even had some people like Lom retire and whatnot, but they've still got a competitive team. And mm. we are just sort of hoping that will happen. And I loved the argument that Shearer made, because I got very annoyed that people keep, keep, keep bringing this up, that we don't have the the people in the academies and all this kind of shit. Mm. And I go, well, why is the reason for that? And Shearer put up this graphic going, of all the Wales team, and every single one of them came up through the English academy system. Yeah, exactly. and, uh, and he's like, the problem is you're giving all your academy spots to mm. non-English people. I think Chris Waddle came up has been ranting as well. Um, he thinks that not enough England players play abroad. Which yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, I think it's a fair point. Mm. But then again, I look at Roy Hodgson and he's managed everywhere, like around the world. Uh, I don't think it's I, the same. For, I don't think it's the same for managers though. Um, mm. I mean, because you, you know, you can look at like. The Mickey Mouse, like I guess, was it Thailand or was, and there was that famous thing of well, not that long ago where Harry Redknapp played. Well, did he manage two games for like Jordan or something? Because they just went, yeah, I have a bunch of money and manage him. Because it managers are like a little bit more sought after in terms of that because the the, the experience factor. Um, uh, but yeah, you're right though because if we just look at like I mean, just to give you an example of because I've still got the Italian ninety team up. Yeah. You know, Chris Waddle went to Marseille. Yeah. Uh, because France teams in the 90s were pretty good because obviously Marseille won that one year uh, and they got to a couple of finals as well um, and uh, who was the other uh, and Hoddle, Hoddle went didn't he like not that long Hoddle, like, Hoddle played for Monaco yeah he went to Monaco yeah and a few, and obviously you just mentioned Mark Haley who went there Gaza played in Italy obviously it was a bit after Italy. yeah yeah he went to last, last that also, year that also went yeah mm. but, but, but yeah so um and, and Rush went to play for UV for a bit, and uh, yeah, Des Walker, Des Walker, Gary Lineker went to Barcelona, of course. Yeah, did great. Uh, Des Walker went to Sampdoria. Um, I Brandon, yeah. going, going back to the earlier discussion and yeah, yeah. In relation to Newcastle, um, Steve McLaren, right? One thing that got me um, quite annoyed when that time last season when we weren't doing so well. And he, he was putting out a press conference, oh, we're going to go away to like Spain and do some warm up. <laughs> remember that? Yes, I do remember that. Yes. I was so damn annoyed because I, I met Malcolm McDonald at a book signing once. Yes. And I asked him, uh, whenever you suffered form, what, what what did you do? And he'd say, the manager had us out on Whitley Bay Beach in the middle of winter and we would like run along the sand and, and, and you know, fall in the sand dunes and stuff. But that was the, that was the method back then. Yeah. Compared. Was... One mother training, and I knew that would backfire. I just knew it. And you had you had people in the media saying, "Oh, it'll be a good bonding session." You don't <laughs> need go, you don't need to go abroad to bond. 
Do you know what I mean? It's bizarre. Yeah, um, yeah it, it, it's it's a bit like when I first heard of that. It, it, I, I get this is a more extreme example, but I guess it's the same spectrum. It's just a more extreme example. I'm about to say of it's it's a bit like them. The, the bankers who fucked up in the recession and got millions and millions of bonuses. Because the problem with that way of thinking and the moral implications of that is there'll be some child looking at that going, well, wait a minute, if I fuck up my job and do terrible and literally do the worst job I can get possible, yet I get 20, a $20 million bonus because it's in my contract, why would you want to try as hard as you can? Because the hypocrisy of the whole thing... Um, and that is the same principle of you do shit, and we reward, and the way we punish you is by rewarding you on a mid-season break. That that reminds me in a way what in that so Sven Goran Eriksson English team when the FA tried to give the England players an incentive of like a hundred grand if you win the World Cup. <laughs> I mean, there's people out there who would like spill blood to put on that England shirt. Well, um. This may surprise you. I don't know if you're aware of this, but I, I get your point because I don't think this is relevant to what I'm about to say. But that's not uncommon. Uh, oh, I, I know it's not. No. Uh, I've, um, to give you an example, because obviously everyone refers to the fact when we last won, they all got a bonus uh, if they won the, the thing. Because um, there was a story I listened to the other day with... Uh, Maybe was it Ben? Was it Ben Cohen? I keep forgetting his first name. George Cohen it was George. Yeah. George Cohen, yeah. Yeah. and he told the story of the. Uh, um, the you referred to the '66 document yes. done recently. Yeah, it was good I think though. I think so. But yeah. it was it was so, it was, so, it, was, so, it, was, it, was it, it was on YouTube. So I don't know where it came from, but it might have been from that. And he just told the story, which I thought was really cool. About they came out. Ramsey came out at the beginning of the tournament. And said, look. The further you go, the more money we'll give you as a bonus. And if you win, we'll give you even more money. Um, and he specifically told the team, this is only going to be the starting 11. Mm-hmm. Um, so not the subs who don't play. So what the... the But this shows how much team spirit, which is what we spent a lot of this time talking about, is relevant because all the first team players, like the people who played the first game or something, or I guess the stars of the team all got together and went, that's extremely unfair. So, guys, whatever we win, let's uh, let's cut it 22 ways and we'll give everyone a percentage. Um, and so you just told that story to kind of show that even people who, like, never got a game... Uh, you know, because imagine, like, somebody like Jimmy Greaves, who was a great footballer at that time, one of the best strikers we had, who got injured in the quarter-final and didn't play the rest of the tournament or whatever. Um, you can imagine them going... All right, yeah, well done. You've won, and but we're not giving you the bonus because you got injured. Like it's it, 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 you got injured, and didn't play. I mean, it's a bit. That's a bit shit. You know, it's a bit like whenever I hear people in squads, and I know there'll be people who disagree with what I'm about to say, but I still think it's r- the right thing to do. The yeah. pe- people who don't get medals for being in squads by not playing enough Premiership games. Yeah. That but that bothers me because I, I, I the impression they do get merited with. Nah, well, I don't know what it is. Well, it might have changed, but I know for a fact there's been some. Isn't there a rule like enough. you have to play at least three games or something? I think it was like three, eight. Three. I think it was like eight or something. Uh, which obviously, for some, again, it's really brutal because there's been some people who are obviously going to play more games, played like the first six games, done that media ligament in, and then they gone to win the title. Well, there's a recent example, um, Mark Schwarzer. He's like, hasn't he got two um, Premiership title? Um, <laughs> Probably, yeah. Didn't play because he was a bit, bit 
uh, big pod goalkeeper for Chelsea. Yeah, last year. And, and oh, wasn't, well, he with yeah, Leicester, wasn't he with Leicester recently? Um, oh, yeah, he was. Yeah, did he get a medal? That would be yeah, interesting. Did, yeah. yeah, I forgot <laughs> that. Yeah, he was subbed to uh, Schmeichel, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Let's, I'm going to check that. Let's yeah. see if he got it. That's a very good question. Because yeah. that would actually prove the point. The, 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 that would actually prove what we're on about. But, yeah, so for those who are wondering what we're talking about, uh, Mark Schwarzer. Yeah, yeah. Met Mark Schwartz, actually. Uh, you know what, as well? He was the first player to win back-to-back titles. That's right. That'll be why you're bringing it up. Because he won at Chelsea, and then he went to Leicester and won. Yeah. And, so I once said he's a good omen. So, like, you know, Arsenal should buy him just now as a good omen because they might make him actually fucking win a title for once. Um, but, yeah, no, that's that's a good, yeah, that's interesting. So, yeah, and, I mean, he probably only played maybe... He probably didn't play any games for Leicester in the Premier League. I met him uh, when he when he first signed for Middlesbrough. I was at Middlesbrough University then. He was in the town centre, like meeting people. Mm-hmm. Huge guy. I mean, obviously, I know goalkeepers are technically, but you know, he's like a basketball player. Mm-hmm. Like huge hands as well. So. <laughs> yeah, a lot of keepers do. That's what makes them like very very helpful. Yeah. But um, but yeah, so we've went like a like complete like awesome tangent there. So like I guess like to go back to so because we'll we'll obviously refer to like more relevant football matters in in general. But um, to yeah. stick to I guess major tournaments and then we'll obviously get to Euro 2016 is because I guess I want to talk a little bit about England's preparation as well because that annoys me because that was one of the things we kept bringing up after we lost. And that really pissed me off because I don't think it's relevant. But uh, well, I, I don't think it's uh, I, I don't think it was the way they said it. But I'll, we'll get to that. But um, but I guess just like a quick run through of the tournaments. So like, it, would you say Italian ninety was our best out of out of us being alive as in me and you in terms of our uh, the, how long you know I guess so the last thirty years let's say. Um, was Italian ninety? You think the best squad? What What do you think was the best chance we had? In any major tournament of the last thirty years, um, I think you ninety six would probably be a good chance. Yeah, because we, host, gonna, yeah. we hosted it yeah. because we we were we were a hair's breadth away from. Well, you can put Italian ninety on a par with Euro ninety six, so they're both almost duplicate with each other. Finals, like yeah. losing, lo- just losing a penalty shootout to Germany in the semi-finals, and the the, the opponents in the final we would have. We would have coasted through because I didn't rate Argentina and Italian ninety. They were quite fortunate. Um, I think they had survived a couple of penalty shootouts as well. Mm-hmm. And the Czech Republic. I mean, who we were half decent side to be fair, but I think I think we would have been stronger than than the men. Sort of. So I would, oh yeah, I would pinpoint them too because obviously that's the furthest we got. I mean, it's the clo- it's the closest we've ever got to winning it. Obviously, but I think you know we had a half decent chance in um, in Mexico eighty six as well because. We'd have beat, we'd um, got beat by Argentina, and was it the quarterfinals? Yeah, with the and the God stuff. Had we it? won, we'd have played Belgium, and I think we could have done, and it would have set us up for a, an England West Germany finals. And yeah, interesting. Ah, oh, that was that's uh, Mexico seventy. Um, again, G- Germany. Germany is a common uh, thread in this. Great, yeah. unbelievable team. We yeah. winning. Do you know the story with that? Because we were winning two nil in the quarterfinals. Was it the quarterfinals? And and then Peter, the, the Gordon Banks was originally meant to be in goal for us, mm-hmm. but he but he got a travel sickness or he got a sickness bug or something, and uh, the the replacement goalkeeper Peter Benetti. Oh, yeah, had, from uh, Chelsea. I was about to say that. Yeah, he had the nightmare, and uh, <laughs> that good Muller, who was probably the best striker in the world at that time. Yeah, yeah. 
<laughs> I forgot Peter Vanetti. What a legend! What a legend! But I, I would say Italian ninety because it's, it's a bigger tournament and yeah, it's the World Cup as opposed to the Euros. Yeah, and I mean home advantage helps as as France have found out this, yeah. this tournament. Um, so yeah, that was. Uh, but but um, yeah, because it sucks that we never got to ninety four. I always forget. That. Just going back to Italian ninety briefly. Yeah, yeah. A lot of people forget Brian Robson got injured, didn't he? Mm-hmm. If he had a played in that semi final as well, who knows? Mm-hmm. Uh, Bonds and a fit Brian, a fit Brian Robson, a fit John Bonds. Yep. So always there's a problem in tournaments if you lose some of your best players. You know, it kind of sucks. Uh, but yeah, so um, I mean, like, so we just touched on Euro '96, which I guess as we touched on, uh, it's kind of like an easy tournament to talk about because, as you say, it was just something where it just. We obviously had the home expectation, and we just got unlucky again with the bloody penalties, um, wasn't it? it? Was uh, and um, you know had a great team because obviously it was sort of when Shearer was hitting his stride. Um, you know, he was, was on he was on poor form before the tournament. I know they nearly dropped him. I was yeah. sort of I saw a documentary about that recently where um, the, the, the everyone was wanting them to go with Fowler. Who's another one? It was, it was, he's 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 probably. I would say Ian Wright of, or Les Ferdinand. Oh, I think Ian Wright was injured, wasn't he? Or Les Ferdinand? Or um, but I would say he was on. He's he's up there in terms of talented footballers that never played for England because he, the first few years of him from like nineteen onwards, he was probably the best natural finisher in the league. Like in terms of just his ability to just score from anywhere, like he's got. He just had that touch. Um, never hardly ever played for England, which shows that the talent we had. Yeah. Um, obviously, you got like the Liverpool guys. I I'd say one mistake that um, Glenn Hoddle made was they never kept Shearer and Sheringham for uh, France '98 because interesting. Yes, everyone everyone just got excited about Mike Lone or this new wonder kid, and I think he was put in there too a bit prematurely. You know, you may, I think you, I, I'm, I'm glad you said that because uh, I always thought like, and I, I'd have to rewatch. Like, See, Shearer and Owen never clicked for me. Yeah, I would even say that Owen and uh, uh, Heskey were a better partnership oh. than. I'm not having that. <laughs> no, I, I, I know, a lot of people. I'm, I'm not. I mean, Husky's biggest fan. I mean, the biggest thing was for a big guy, you didn't have to get knocked down easily, and like you know, well, he's built like it. But but actually, for Owen, he, he was actually held the ball up for him, and, and they did okay. I mean, the the, the prime example was the five one against Germany. Oh, but, no, oh yeah, that was great. But, yeah. but but get going back to Sheringham. Yeah. I think I think he was underrated to to, to the extent where even. Shearer says he was the best striker he ever played with, and and also Jurgen Klinsmann said he was the best striker he ever played with when he, when they were. That's it. That's it. A lot. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, and I I never I never really I I, I didn't underrate him. Uh, I, I, but the point I was going to lead to when you said I when I said I was happy you said that is I'd have to rewatch the matches to confirm this. But um, I'm open to debate. I'm open to uh, you know for someone to disagree with this. But um, I think with the whole. Thing of of Owen scoring that one goal, like is 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 being the the remembrance of him in that tournament. Mm. Whereas you know, apart from that, he didn't really do anything. He didn't really, like he, he obviously had raw ability. I'm not questioning that, but I'm just saying in terms of like consistent a consistent threat. You know, he scored that one goal, and everyone was like, it was Michael Owen's tournament, and I was just like, really. Um, yeah. I think, as you said, Hoddle took a massive punt on him. Okay, he scored that goal, and if Beckham didn't get sent off, we may be talking completely different. But uh, yeah, I, I I think that that it's a his overall tournament is overshadowed by that goal because it was such a great goal. Um, 
but yeah, I mean, like, because I'm trying to think of some. Uh, that was Euro ninety. I mean, uh, World uh, France ninety eight, wasn't it? So, because um, yeah, they had like Mason. Like Mason, he's another one. Like Mason was really good for Arsenal. Uh, he was at Middlesbrough at the time. Yeah. He got a late call up. Um, and he dropped Daza infamously. Yeah, which uh, I think was a little unfair. Mm. Um, and he, he went bananas in the. Oh in yeah, the... he like went. He yeah. figured him a drink, didn't it? I think he. he he dealt with it by getting completely hammered. Well, have you seen that? Have you seen that France ninety? Have you seen that Frank Skinner interview with uh, Gaza? Uh, I might have done when it first came out, but obviously what? it was years ago, what? wasn't it? So there's uh, he had a chat show. Didn't he cry? Yeah, yeah. And he just I don't know, just Frank. Fun time, Frankie. <laughs> That's right. That, yeah, the same show. And he know. said, "So how? Uh, just it might have been just something like, how did you feel when when Glenn Hoddle?" Dropped it and he just broke down and just like he broke down in an interview recently because he's been obviously going through going through a bad time again and uh, he was on Fletch and Sav and they asked him just about stuff and I didn't know this but he almost signed for Man United. Yeah, um, I knew. I knew that. Yeah, uh, and uh, but you know what? You know what clinched it? Why he went to Spurs? Because Spurs bought him a house. Aye, that was it. Yeah, and his family won it. He bought their mom and dad. He bought their mom and da- his mom and dad a house. So that's how they beat him. Yeah. Uh, and I was just like, wow. If that, if, and I, I think you joke, like, if Ferguson had known that, he probably would have accommodated, he probably would have done that for him. Yeah. But he just did it thinking, oh, I can't turn that down, uh, yeah. which is interesting. But, um, yeah, so, and then, like, so, which is obviously nice because, I mean, obviously, just to name some of the people that were in the Italian 90 that I, 98 that I can remember, like, because we had, I mean, yeah, because look at another one, like, Ince. Ince went to play in Italy. Ince um, yeah, Ince, and then he got uh, David Batty, uh, Darren Arnton, Mr. Signal himself. I was, ne- I was never happy with Batty. Yeah. The nickname, the nickname, he, he he kind of got the nickname that Ray Wilkins had in the sense that they would just pass it always sideways and never call him. <laughs> they call him the crap. Yeah, two defensive midfielders. Uh, uh, that's what it, it felt like to me, like the beginnings of that. You know how people like Real Madrid now essentially play like two defensive midfielders. Um, that I think that was the beginning of it with our England team. Because well, we had we had we had other great creative midfielders anyway. We had Paul Scholes, we had Steve McManaman. Yeah. Um, Merson, as you say, who could turn it on on his day. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Just Huddle. The other thing with Huddle he was really liked Anderton, and he dropped because he dropped Beckham yeah. until the, the 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 third game. Was was yeah. never sure about Anderton, but the the, the the thing I remember, um, he was asked by the press because obviously you know. Penalty shootouts has been England's thing, and and he asked, they were, oh, he, was, yeah. he was asked, are you, <laughs> you guys actually practicing penalties? And he and he said bluntly, no. <laughs> what a and tool. he says why? He says because there's no way you can recreate the atmosphere of uh, a match at that t- at that in- intensity at that time of. Do you know if I was interviewing him there, I would probably have lost my professionalist if I was if professionalism if I was doing it on like an ITV or something, right, Ricky? Because I'd go, I'd go. So here's so here's my next question, Huddle. All right, okay, what is it? Does that stop other teams? <laughs> exactly. No, it doesn't. Do you see Germany go? Oh, I can't recreate it, so we're not practice penalties. You moron. Uh, it's the same as any other point in the game, like a regular penalty or or a free kick or a corner. You know, it's, because it's, that's that's just being ignorant of the psychological warfare that penalties are. People, that it's it's an, as Matt Letizia famous famously said, you win it, you score or miss a penalty in your head. But uh, then, Sura said the same thing recently as yeah. well. He says always always stick to to plan A. Yeah. 
never during the game or when it goes to penalties do you momentarily think about always stick to your first plan like yeah, wait think, I'm going to put it bottom right corner and just will it in yeah. um, and as I, I kept seeing like because you because uh, which is kind of nice when we can get into this sort of tournament because there was quite a few penalties penalty shootouts was just and I've seen some in the pub with my mates and I often like would turn to them and go well, especially when we watched one particular penalty shootout where it was I would I would I would shake a person by the hand for missing a penalty if they just blasted it. So if it goes over, I'm not bothered about that. But all this fucking, I'll try and place it really, really gently in the bottom right corner, like pass it in. I would I would find them like a month's wages. Uh, I, I would I would ba- I'd say right if I'm still international manager, you're not playing for the next fruit. But two, you, you notice when, whenever whenever a player scores like that, everyone says, "Oh, it's a clever penalty." But if the uh, keeper, if the keeper happened to right jump the right way and save it, people say, "Oh, it was a bloody awful penalty." Exactly, but that's why I don't think the risk, uh, the risk matches the reward. Because as you say, if you get it precisely right, the keeper can't save it. But you've got a much more statistical likelihood of scoring if you just hit it as hard as you can. Because from twelve yeah. yards, if you hit a ball, it's like it's like watching. Te- I watch tennis today. If you if you hit a serve, no matter how like close to the lines you get in a tennis serve. If you hit it like um, when Federer played that Raniak, R E C his name, he he was hitting 144 mile an hour serves, and right. it doesn't matter if you hit the lines or not. If you just get them somewhere relatively in the box at that speed, it is hard to return. You're going to win more points than you're not, and that's kind of my point about penalties. If you just hit it, try not to hit it too high, high, just smash it, and as you say, pick a corner, pick a pick a side, or hit it straight down the middle if you if you if you feel like the keeper's going to dive, and just smash it. Because um, you see a lot of penalties where people might not have had the greatest of penalties, but have hit it hard enough that the keeper can't keep it out. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, that's... Like, that's goes, it goes through the hands. Yeah, right? exactly. Like, like uh, Buffon. Buffon in the penalty where he dived the right way and got a And they went under him, didn't yeah, they? Yeah, because it was just... It, it was actually not hit hard enough. Was the pace? Yeah, the pace was just a little bit weird. Um, and he, like, sort of dived a bit too early. Um, but, um, yeah, I, I fucking hate penalties like that, which we'll get into. Because I was just reading about Zaza, which was the guy who came on for Italy. Did you, did you watch that penalty shootout? Yeah. Do you remember Zaza who came on the night in the hundred and hundred and what? What's ninety times three? What's ninety plus thirty? Uh, one twenty. So on the hundred twentieth minute, the last minute of, in, of extra time, Antonio Conte for Italy puts on a guy called Simone yeah, Zaza, yeah, yeah. who is a striker for Juve, and he takes a penalty, which is possibly the worst penalty ever seen in tournament history. Um, Do you remember when uh, Louis Van Gaal with the last World Cup put Tim Krul on? Uh, just to save pens yeah. at the very end of extra time he was just, great he yeah. was great I mean that worked I mean that was actually genius uh, but going back to penalties do you, do you think it, I mean it's often described as a lottery but do you, do you agree with them do you think it's fair do you think we should have something else or? no I think it's um, because a friend of mine made a really really good point because it's almost um, made extra time dull because and I, I my friend made a very well extra time is dull yeah should not just have penalties at the well, end of this the is minute. what I was leading to is that that's what my friend suggested because he he made a really good point and he made me think about it in the pub and I was like you know you got you got you that's a very good it's, that's a very good argument to make because and I'll ask you this because I was like literally spent about five minutes thinking about it in the pub going yeah I can't yeah. actually think of one could you name the last time someone won an extra time I was well obviously. 
Well, you can well, name you can name one now in that Charisma did for, for Charisma did for Portugal in this tournament, but but you know what I mean? Like it's it, his point was look at how look at how often people score an extra time. It's like ninety five percent of the time they don't score an extra time because they're knackered. So I can only think of two twice when when we saw the golden goal he had. Lauren was it the, the Behoff scored in Euro ninety six to win it? Yeah, in the final. Trezeguet. Uh, yeah, in Trezeguet, yeah, in France. Lauren, yeah. Lauren Blanc, Lauren Blanc scored uh, in was it? Might have been ninety eight, where it was actually it was like I think in the second round or something. Oh, and Lauren yeah. Blanc, I think scored. Might have been ninety. Actually, might have been injury time. I might be wrong on that, but he did score like late. I remember. Yeah. Um, yeah. See, I, I I came up with a theory mm-hmm. as an alternative. Okay. I, thought, I thought of this years ago. <laughs> did and you I still thought... play ninety minutes at all? I just have time to show. Well, actually, some people say, why not have penalties at the start of the game? <laughs> why? Then, what, what for? Because, so, so at, the, at the end of the game, if it's a, if it's a draw... Oh, then they can go back to it. All right. Yeah. And then, yeah. But then that just doesn't think of the pressure. That's stupid. That's stupid. My, my theory was... Now, I thought it was good back then. I don't think it was as good now, but I'll run it by you anyway. Okay. Um, okay, so you have extra time, right? But okay. at every... Say every five minutes... Each manager has to take off two players. <laughs> so gra- gradually, you you, detr- you subtract the amount of players there is on a pitch, because the goals bound to happen with. The- because if you imagine uh, the opposition, it's so make it it's like, like a resistance or something. Yeah. yeah, if you lessen the resistance, there's more chance of it be- being yeah. a goal. I think that's just. I think that's just adding too many like rules to it. Really, I, I don't. I don't necessarily. I don't necessarily think it needs to change. Um, I, maybe. Just because I felt this, I keep thinking this every time I see an extra time game now, where I'm where I'm sitting going, maybe they should just have one half of extra time. Thirty minutes is too long. Yeah, uh, I think they should just do fifteen and go because it's very. I, I, I very. I mean, because the game I just mentioned, the last one we can think of, where Carez must score an extra time. I I said to my mate because I was watching it at home, and I was just speaking to my friend on the internet, going, they could play till next World Cup. And not score. <laughs> um, it was that. It was like possibly what about the what worst game in, I've seen in quite a long time. What about what they do in hockey? Where don't they like um, run uh, from? The they run from the center. Penalty shot, yeah. And and like run towards the goal, and that's interesting. Uh, yeah. I don't know whether that would work. I think it's like if if they did that all after extra time and whatnot, and made them run that distance, though, they'd be absolutely knackered. Um, by the time they got the goal, so I don't, really, I, 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 I don't necessarily think what they do needs changing. I just think, um, I just think they need to change. I, I, I mean, my friend's argument, which is what I was leading to, was why not make it a goal and goal? Um, so because then it stops the game after they score. Um, well, I, I like that. You know why I liked it? Because it also takes me back to childhood. Because what was funny about it is right. You you might be winning like the other team. You might be beating the other team like six seven nil or something. And whoever's in charge of the game, which is usually like your mid start, <laughs> you just say, "Oh, next goal, the winner." Yeah. So the end the end score would be like six one, but they've won technically. <laughs> <laughs> You're, it's like I played that uh, mental health tournament, uh, huh? like uh, whatever it was, like a week and a half ago, yeah. and. Uh, and yeah, that I had a feeling that was happening in some of the games we were watching and some of the games we were part of. Because one of our players got a dislocated shoulder. Like he, he like took, went in for like a lunge and tackle and like flipped 
in midair and landed straight on his arm and like dislocated his elbow. Like it was really obvious that he'd done it because he's like it's it horrible. His elbow was like pointing the other way. It was horrible. And uh, so Gary Pollard had to because he had the, had a car there had to take them to the nearest hospital. So I had injured my leg, so they put me in goal. So it just became like this horrible thing of me with one leg trying to be a goalkeeper <laughs> and uh, it just went from about 3-0 we were losing at the time uh, but we were like competitive as in it wasn't 3-0 drubbing to I think it was about 7 or 8-0 and I think you just went alright it's the game's over it was like still two minutes left or something because they just knew I, what we, I were, think, we were done I still think there is something in the golden goal yeah it just needs to be rectified a bit. I don't Honestly, know. Honestly, get But that's why that's why I was coming up with the idea about the subtracting the players an extra time because you've got more chance of a goal than a goal happening. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I, I, I it's get not like it. It's not like extra time played the full 30 minutes with less players on the pitch. It's just I getting... Just think that would be too chaotic. I honestly just think that would be too chaotic. Um, and I, and I, I just think that kind of just quelms away from the idea of it's, a le, it's an 11 eleven sided that, game. That's what I've thought about since. It, it takes away that principle. Of yeah, that. yeah. But yeah. I, I just think bring back the golden goal in, uh, in the sense of it, because I think that would change teams' uh, philosophy, like teams' um, mindset going into extra time. Because they're like, right, if we just score once, we've won. And they might go all out attack thinking, well, we'll try and just end it now. Whereas I think the problem with extra time at the minute is because it's 30 minutes and everyone's like, well, teams are tired, that, that all, they're going yeah, extra time yeah. thinking we'll take penalties. Yeah, most teams do that. Yeah. They just take penalties. Let's just, let's just hold our guard. And yeah. Just, and it, that's why, you know, the last extra time games I've ever saw since the change to the rule, whatever it was 15 years ago, is it's been really dull. Like, you just go, oh, this is going to be penalties. And uh, you almost, like, don't watch it and go, let me know when it's penalties, I'll come back and watch it. Um, so, yeah, it's, a, it's an interesting argument. Um, and, if, and as we just said, the good thing about Golden Goals is, like we just touched on, you can name the ones because they're memorable, which surely is the point. Yeah. You know, because like the Trezeguet one in particular, that was just crazy because um, it's a roof of the net. Yeah. Sorry. It was in the roof of the net, wasn't it? Like yeah, it was like a header. Like and um, Trezeguet's is golden goal, was wasn't it? It was in the roof of the net. I'm sure, wasn't it? Or I can't remember, but it was a header. I know it was a header. But you, no, you... when they beat Italy in the final, I think it was like a shot in the middle of the. It like hit the roof of the net. Like Buffon just had no chance. It sort of like went. Ah, I'm really convinced he caught a header, but I. Mean... No, like, it was a header. I, I, anyway, I knew he played for Monaco at the time, so he got a, he got a, uh, he got a transfer to UB because of that. Yeah. <laughs> Lucky him. Um, but yeah, so I guess before we sort of get into Euro 2016, because we've just touched on it, it's just kind of like end this whole sort of tournament stuff because so we got to like basically like because we just touched on the World Cup '98. Whereas, oh, I guess like the the fun thing quickly to talk about is. Were you watching World Cup ninety eight? Uh, I'm sure. I'm assuming you were. Yeah. What, what was I'm your? At the time, we're watching it in the pub. Yeah. What was your? What was your um, sort of reaction to the whole Ronaldo problem in the final? Yeah. I mean, that was like obviously a legendary. For those that don't know, I'll give the quick synopsis: is um, Ronaldo, who was easily well, not well, it's debatable. He might not have been easily the best player in the world, but he was certainly in the discussion. Um, which is banging, banging goals in for Barcelona, even though it wasn't as good a league as it is now. Um, and just was um, almost unplayable the way he was playing. He had like unbelievable form. And the famous thing is that gets to the final 
And then I remember watching this on BBC and Gary Lineker going, wait, what, what? Because he got told. And the whole like media were like really confused because they got the team sheet for Brazil and Edmundo was playing and Ronaldo wasn't. And they were like, wait a minute, no one said why. Is he injured? What's going on? And then sort of 10 minutes before the, the game started, another team sheet went round and they changed it and then Ronaldo was playing. And then all this stuff that came out afterwards was because he played, he was like a shadow of himself and they, France obviously famously went on to win 3-0, was that um, they didn't, uh, that he'd had a, some sort of like, you know, seizure. Ep- like seizure uh, in a hotel and Roberto Carlos found him and several other Brazilian teammates thought he was going to die on the pitch because of... Like, the, it became a conspiracy theory, didn't yeah, it? Yeah, well, the conspiracy theory, do you know what they were? Um, I know Nike was one. Yeah, of them. I was just about the to say the one that I know of was that the, the, the supposedly was it. What was this thing about Nike then? It was it was something like they didn't want him to play because Nike. I don't know what it. What was it? It was something to do with. Nike. No, I thought I thought Nike demanded him to play, and that's why. Ah, yes. Was that what it was? Yeah, that's it was the the, the, the the Nike who sponsored them forced. Yeah, that was it. Forced him to play, and um, so that was why he was forced in. But supposedly from the manager at the time for Brazil, who's been interviewed about it, said, Ronaldo came in and said, don't don't make me not play, I'm fine now, I'm fine now, and so he convinced them that he was okay. That supposedly was what the, the real story was, but, um, well, at least from the manager's point of view. But um, it was just weird, very, very weird. Um, but, you know, I think France sort of deserved it, really, to some degree. I mean, yeah, it became the dance tournament, didn't he? Yeah. He was the, the man of the, the hour. Man, the, the man, the god. <laughs> The head butter. <laughs> <laughs> but then going on from England after that, yeah, and we went we went into this new era where you say I I know I've discussed this with you before, and I know that I'm going to sound really moany and so. <laughs> no, go for it. But the, the, this brand new generation players, but I, I just got annoyed because it was more about what these players did off the pitch than on the pitch. They were nicknamed the Spice Boys, and I just became so yeah, disillusioned. Yeah, like... referring back to the. Spirit of Euro '96 and Italian '90, all that had gone. Yeah, I wasn't getting that at all from these players. Uh-huh. And it was more like a bunch of individuals with with like big egos and big. Yeah, you know, and it just didn't didn't work for me. Mm-hmm. And then and that went for for almost a decade. And I would I would say till I don't know we could skip over Steve McLaren, I guess. So do you yeah. reckon even with that that you think that because. As it's it's a, it's an interesting one, isn't it? Because I do I do actually think the argument that the individual talent we had post like as you say say two thousand onwards maybe two thousand yeah. at the very least two thousand and four yeah. uh, you know the Lampard Gerard Beckham scores were still around yeah. um, I mean Shearer retired after two thousand didn't he so um, but you still had like Owen. Um, who else would have played? Um, um, Beckham, Beckham. You said Gerard, didn't you? Yeah, Beckham, Gerard, Lampard, Scholes, um, Owen, John Terry. Yeah, John Terry. Yeah, oh yeah, all the centre backs. Like some of the best centre backs we've had in years. Like Rio Ferdinand, Sol Campbell. Yeah. Yeah. Gar- I mean, even Gary Neville. I'm not his biggest fan, but he was a reliable right back. And then Ashley Cole, who I oh well, yeah, easily the argument of. He's been one of the best left backs for the last fifteen yeah. years. I would so. say the best talent that we had. But thing is, I, I I don't think England have ever had um, rubbish players. 
No. Good point. Uh, no, this, I agree. This, is, this has been proved with Wales' success recently. Mm-hmm. If you've got the spirit, that's what should... Exactly. Be. I think that's what... I We've th- always had great players, but I just wonder with England, is it a problem of ego? Is it a problem of... Um, is, is it a club versus country mentality? Because, you know, they, they all play for Man United's and Liverpool's and... Um, do they necessarily gel well together because they're like rivals when they come back home? Yeah. Is it that? I don't know. No, I think I think what you said is a really good point because if anything comes out of Wales getting to the semis and almost getting to the final, okay, granted they got they got a bit battered, um, but still, it goes to show, like you just said, having a team that works for each other and and you know sort of just goes has a positive attitude, like a positive thing of, we're just going to go there, we're going to enjoy it, and let's see what happens. Which look, look at what Wales did after each game. They all did a huddle, they went to the fans, and they clapped yeah. them. When have you seen that with England? And look at Bale. Look at like Bale's attitude yeah. compared to anybody else. Like Bale, seen... Bale had a great tournament. He didn't like exactly set the, set, yeah. the, set the world alight, but he was a great team player. Yeah. Um, when have you seen England in a huddle and all being jolly with each other and really kind of... That, spirit through. I think but, that was the thing that pissed everybody off in the Iceland game, which I guess was skipping ahead. But just the brief comment I'll say is that's what pissed everybody off. In I guess even not just the Iceland game in general, that no like grit, as you said, like sort of the past generations. Would Stuart would Stuart Pearce have tolerated that collapse? He would have just got everybody by the scruff of the neck and went, "This is unacceptable." The, to- well, the Tony Adams of the world who had just went, exactly. "This isn't good enough." I was enough. going to say Adams and Pierce. What we've lacked in the in the past yeah. 12, 15 years, we've not had a leader. We've not had a Brian Robson. We've not had a Tony Adams or a Stuart Pierce. I would have said, I would have suggested that maybe is that someone like a John Terry would have fitted that role, but for some reason, I was like just thinking that. He, I think he would have he done. His head would go down at times, mm-hmm. and more, you know, when we've conceded, he would have had more character though than some of the people that played. I, I think though. I mean, and I thought Cahill was the liability in this in this tournament, but um, yeah, really Cahill. But he had, he had a poor tournament by mm-hmm. his time. I, I think we should. St- I think we should give John Stones the run of the mill because as, yeah. as as somebody as uh, Linegar and a few others analysts have said. It was a very interesting debate. I think there's a snippet of it on YouTube, which I totally agree. Out of anybody in the England team right now, if you said who could play for Barcelona, John Stones could. And okay. the reason why is because well, the reason we don't play him is because typical England, we don't like ball playing players, no matter where they play. Um, and he just happens to be a player. Like he's like he reminds me of PK. He's got like this 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 aura of you can go out with the ball, and he's a little bit talented with the ball. He got a, he's got a pass on him, but because he's young and he makes the odd mistake, we're not willing to let him make mistakes. Which is why now with no tournament and qualifying or for the meaningless friendlies, play him and let him learn his craft, See, and then hopefully there's, there's, um, two players I would, uh, there's two players I would have took. Uh, I would have took Andros Townsend. I would have took yep. Jeremy Defoe. Oh really? You would have took to four. I would have took to four. Yeah. I think. I think when you know towards the end of a game, uh, if we're drawn or losing, he would have been the ideal person to come, come on. on. Maybe nick a goal. Yeah, yeah. it's not a, not. A, and not he, and he helped. Yeah, he helped keep Sunderland up. Yeah, uh, not an unfair argument. Um, and Townsend, I think he was one of England's most creative players. But you know, it wasn't obviously enough to keep us up from being relegated. But he still, he, he, I would. If you ask most Newcastle fans, they would. They would have put out that Townsend towards the end was the one that really tried out of everybody. Yeah, see, let's well, okay. Well, that's that's actually a really good just, way to get into it because we can talk about the squad before we get to the main tournament. I'll so. just mention one last thing. Yeah, yeah, but go on. 
Um, you mentioned like when um, John Stones would have played for Barcelona. You said that, didn't you? No, I said he has the potential to. Potential. I mean, he, he, he could he could play for them now because Barcelona would allow him to play. The well, way I, I, I want to talk a bit about. Um, um, I want to talk a bit about Jack Wilshere because I think okay. on his day he's by far our best player. Yeah, but and it's a bloody big but. Yep. he hardly played ev- ever at, at the last season. That's right. Yeah, you, you said about Darren Anden being sick. No, he's like the current one. He's unlucky though. In fairness. Yeah, but I, I, see, I would have been sensible and just not played him because he was clearly not. He should never have went. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, um, I, I, I'm. Everything you said, I couldn't agree more because but I, what I, would I say really like him as a footballer. Yeah. yeah, on his day when when Arsenal played like Bayern or Barcelona in in, in the Champions League. Yeah. Um. The the, the opposition would always cite because because you know what journalists are like. They always like to play around and say, "Oh, which 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 of these players would you have in your Barcelona team or Bayern team?" And they always put out uh, Jack Wilshere because he is that type of player. Mm-hmm. And he actually, on his day, he's he actually in that when they did play Barcelona, he actually did have a good. Good yeah. couple of legs against them, so no, I don't, I don't, um, I don't disagree with anything you just said. I, I and I'm glad you you like sort of clarified because the asterisk is the only trouble is he would have walked into this England team. The problem is he missed the entire season. He yeah. played 120 yeah. minutes of a season or something, which is yeah. like what one and a half, one and a bit games. Yeah. Like that's that's terrible to get into a tournament. He's never going to make any remote difference because he's just not got the match practice. So don't take him. And yeah. it's an absolute joke to take him and not take Danny Drinkwater. I mean, yeah, yeah another granted, yeah. granted, he's not a he's not a like a a, a well known person, but you know, he did play for a team that won the Premier League, yeah. um, and played every week, and he's surely in form under that criteria. So you at least take yeah. him in the squad. Okay, he might not start. But he certainly done. What more can he do? Like it, it, it makes a massive, massive. It makes every other England player like of the Danny Drinkwaters of this world because they all. What a nightmare is the when? Oh look, Danny Drinkwater has proved as possible, and I'm like, really? Because he proved it possible by playing in meaningless friendlies, but he still doesn't get picked for tournaments. So it actually proves nothing. It proves that we'll take a punt on him because people are asking him to get a chance, but he won't get a chance. You know, I, I mean, Vardy's the exception, but the problem is that the reason Vardy's the exception is because a goal scorer is hard to find. Uh, you know, if someone scores twenty odd goals a season, you can't really, uh, you can't really dismiss that. Uh, Are you angry with him not starting? What? Who not starting? Vardy. Who? Vardy. Vardy. Uh, I think they should have dropped Kane after like two games. Yeah, I'm like more to the point. I don't think he should have started the tournament because if you base it on Harry Kane. What he brings overall, I think he just offers a little bit more the way that England play. Kane so, was the biggest letdown. But yeah, he just—I don't know what the fuck was—I don't know what was wrong with him. Um, he just, but it, it was obvious he was struggling, and I don't get why we kept the faith in him. And think, it, I want to talk more about Leicester, but do you think we? Because before the tournament, BBC Five Live did a documentary, right? The life—it was something. I don't think it was the exact title, but it was the the life of Harry Kane. And I was like, what? What, 23? The guy's not even done it yet. <laughs> like, you're already like, yeah. pitching <laughs> up there. Because like, they were obviously building up to be the potential star of the tournament. But they, And I think that's another England problem. We we put up what you were referring to with Michael Owen before. We put them too high on a pedestal way too soon before they've even done anything. And then when it comes to fruition, it's not there. That worries me about Deli Ali. I think he could be one of these people that has a really good season and he struggles because of the, the demands of like... Oh, now we expect him to be brilliant every every week, and 
It's just and like that's what I don't like about the as I said about the John John Stones is the most technically gifted centre back I've seen in a long long time. He reminds me of like Rio. He look he, he has a similar thing about when Rio Ferdinand. If, if Chelsea if Chelsea had got him, he might have saved Mourinho's job. Remember they tried uh, to box him out of everything. I think he needs time, though. I think if he did go, to, if he went to Chelsea, I don't think he. I think it would have been a good reason this time study to say because I don't think he would have played every week, um, yeah. and so he would have then been. But he, the point is, he would have been in training with some world class players yeah. every week, and yeah. not that Everton's a bad team because they've got some world class players, but um, yeah. but. Like the quality of like you know the Eden Hazards of the world and all this kind of stuff where he can he can test his metal, play every now and again and just get used to being in like you know a, a potentially Champions League type team. But I mean, going back else? to drink, going back to Drinkwater, he did deserve to be there on merit. I remember. Yeah. Do you remember like pre- the previous Medley Sun? We talked a bit about the Euros, didn't we? And we yeah, very briefly. Yeah, I think we just said it was Wheel, on. Yeah. Wales, Wales remind me of Leicester in a way. Okay, individually they weren't. Huh. High up there, but they went. There was a you could see the spirit amongst Leicester, and I saw it in Wales. What do you see? It's kind of become a meme that what you just said, because um, people said like, "Oh, Wales going to do a Leicester." It's like a, it's become like a thing now. <laughs> you almost did. Yeah. Well, it, it's 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 not an unfair comparison, I don't think, yeah. because you know. And, and, and what about Kante for 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 France? He's been unbelievable. Oh yeah, I know. I mean, what I'd be it? shocked if he stays at Leicester. I'd be very very shocked. Yeah. Um, but um, but you know, I didn't think. I, I mean, I actually everyone <laughs> well, said like Barney wouldn't stay, but he did, and I'm not just, surprised. Just going on ne- next next to Candy has been Sissoko, and he's also been yeah. playing brilliantly. Yeah. But where, where was that with Newcastle? <laughs> uh, he, I I would be okay with him leaving. I've never liked him. I mean, well, okay, he had an okay. He had an okay. Yeah, he had an okay game the other night, but he, oh, he's, he, he but he was like that for us. Even when we were, had a decent team that wasn't close to relegation, you you would have one game where you're like, "Wow, God, he's like a world class like." Yeah, he does something brilliant followed by something completely. But he shocked. has nine or eight, he's like what Ben Affer was like. He'd have then seven or eight yeah. games in a row yeah. where he's like the worst player on the pitch, and it's just he drives me crazy because because he's one of these people where, like I say, you'll 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 do something unbelievable where you're like, "Wow, what a player." And then the next game, you'll miss. You'll not be able to hit someone from ten yards away with a pass. You get you know what it awful. is. I used to say the same thing about Matt Letizia. Yeah, but, but for me, Matt Letizia's talent on his is so like out there that no other England player could match. That I, I would have, I would have put Matt Letizia in anyway because mm-hmm. you know, you know a good good thing that I loved about Matt Letizia in terms of comparisons, which was funny. Is it somewhat like the, the the people say in comparison? If you took uh, to your point, if you took Matt Letizia's fifty greatest goals, <laughs> you could you could you could you could put them up against anybody you want. Yeah. Pele, George Best, or yeah, goals. anything you want, anyone you want, name anybody in history and take his fifty best yeah. goals. It, he, he scored some ridiculous goals, and as Rob Lee in this documentary I saw on ESPN about him. Uh, Rob Lee was like, and what the annoying thing was, always against Newcastle. Like he's top, he's top, like top eight of his top ten goals against <laughs> us. It's really annoying. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, um, very very frustrating. But yeah, no, great talent. And as um, I remember seeing a thing about Matt Letizia with um, Joe Royal, where Joe Royal said, uh, base it on. If, if England could have had Matt Letizia in their team if they played at his strengths, the pro- and he reckons the reason they just didn't pick him is because you have to basically change the team to accommodate what Matt Letizia doesn't do. Um, and that's kind of the problem with someone like him. But 
mm. you know, there was a friend of mine, a friend of mine told me a funny story the other day, which I didn't know if it was true, uh, because it could be one of these myths. So I don't know if you heard this story, right? But do you remember Romario? Yeah. Um, supposedly, I don't know if it was his last club or something, but like there was a team he went to where he signed a contract, and my friend said in his contract was a literal legally binding thing in his contract where it said, um, I, I don't have to go past the halfway line to track back. <laughs> and right. uh, I just laughed at that, thinking that if that's true, that's funny. The, yeah. He signed a contract saying, I, I don't have to track, I don't have to, like, my job's to score goals, I'm not going past the halfway line. Which I joked, so what happens if the opposing team has a corner? Does he just, like, hang out the halfway line? Well, yeah, what about offside and all that? How did, how did it work? Mm, well, I guess... I get, yeah, because, yeah, I don't know. And, and, like, when you're taking a goal kick, you, yeah, I guess you are past the, you are past the halfway line, so I guess it doesn't really matter. But I, and I, I, I my friend was like, I think you're taking it too literal, but I'm like, but it, but I, but, but I said, like, but you said it's an illegal document, so you have to take it literal. Like, uh, but I was just, uh, we amused me. The interesting thing with Matt Letizzi, he does actually admit that he hated tracking back, and he would get bored. Um, he'd, get, he'd get bored to the, to the point where, Unless the ball's at his feet, he would just like stare away and like you know. Uh, he said he said in the documentary I watched on ESPN that um, uh, he uh, he admitted on that that he didn't even like training. Like he just he, <laughs> uh, which uh, I, I admire his honesty because I don't yeah. think there's enough. Football. I think there'd be there's I think there's more. Um, I don't necessarily admire his work ethic, but I but I understand that as someone who has a difficult mind and sometimes struggles, as, as we've talked about, and obviously mentally sound, which is a more appropriate appropriate place to talk about this, but um, oh, I guess just more valid, but um, you can sort of see elements of him just like having a, a bored personality, and that it's just, because he was so good, that he just didn't want to do all the other bits, because he just wanted to have the, because he said he would be bored in training until they went, right, we're going to do some ball work now, and then he'd be the best player on the pitch. Yeah. And because he just was like, I didn't want to run. I didn't want to do just like cones or do you know, um, what's it called, like back at the back and forth things. Didn't mark anybody. He didn't want to do any like of that. drills and stuff. Yeah, he just was like, but as soon as they got a ball, I'm like, right, we're gonna practice free kicks. And like, right, give me a, give, uh, how many balls he got. And, yeah, and uh, you know, so it. Uh, but I guess if you want to be great, that's just the <laughs> argument against them. If you want to be great, I guess it's like a fighter or something. If you've got to work on stuff you're not good at as well, and I think that kind of is what hindered him. But, he... but talking about bad temperament, I mean, a good example now is Ronaldo because when he's at Madrid, he's obviously surrounded by great players, and he, I mean, he doesn't really lose his rag as much. But because I don't rate this Portugal team that much, yeah, how, you're, not the, whenever, you're, not, you're not the only, you're not the first friend of mine to say that. Uh, whenever like a, a, a teammate of his doesn't give him the ball or whatever, the, the way he kind of. He just throws a rag, doesn't he? Um, well, if, if you watch if you watch any Real Madrid games of last year, and he got accused of this, and I think it was totally true. Everyone thought it was just people taking a pot pot at him because of how great popping him and how great he is. But um, he never used to celebrate people, other people scoring. It was almost like it, he was offended at the idea that someone else scored other than him, um, which drove me crazy because um, he's not hard to by his standards, a particularly great season. And in terms of the Euros, which we'll get into now, is he's not had a great tournament. And as you said, this Portugal team, um, it's not, I don't think it's as good as the team that got to the final in, like, Euro 2006. Yeah. Like, you know, that I like that team. You know, the... Yeah, like Deco and players Yeah, like Deco and, uh, like, Raul Morales and Ricardo yeah. Carvalho and... Um, 
I know he's still technically there. Well, he's still there, but he's not. He wasn't play, there. Yeah, doesn't play really. But it's kind of cool he made the squad like. So I was like, wow, I didn't realize he's still playing. But, yeah. um, but anyway, yeah. So yeah, so let's. I guess I like, just have it. We'll have a quick summary, and then I guess we'll talk about the final. But um, so. So yeah, because I thought it'd be fun. Because as I said to Ricky before we started this, because we, we've had a nice sort of like chronological history of football and then uh, talked about other subjects. But um, I thought like because I got the fixture list, we can kind of go through like and by using the fixture list, sort of talk about the disappointing teams and the the, yeah. the teams that did well and and the results that were surprising. So for those that are interested, because this is like about three weeks after the tournament's been going for about three weeks. So it was Friday the tenth of June. So France opened the tournament because it was obviously based in France. Because actually, a really quick reference should be because um, I mentioned like the build up to the tournament with England. Because mm. everyone said like we weren't adequately. We, we were like, oh well, you know, we we played France in the friendly, and I'm like, you forget that this was during the, this was the friendly straight after the French the bombing. Yeah, it was like, what, like why you could tell France didn't want to play quite quite understandably because it was just it, there was a the fair argument of it should never have been. Mind played. you, seeing that um, there's a good Five Live documentary about France and uh, what they've recently been through. And Thierry Henry speaks on it, and he was saying that 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 night was important. Yeah, it's uh, a lot of uh, Well, yeah. he said that it was important also that they played England because they, they were coming to the home of football. Oh. And it was like England, France, the solidarity and all that stuff. And, and he, he, he said it was a healing process. For no, them. I get it. I get I get the importance of just playing the game. But the thing that annoys me is people forgetting that like it wasn't really... It was a friendly yeah, to begin it, with, and it was, it was never going to be competitive under that circumstance. The kind of game where the result doesn't matter. Yeah, exactly. And, it, you know, they're, they're going to be obviously emotional about what happened and stuff like that. And it just wasn't a good test. Um, and I criticise England for that all the time because we never seem to play consistently teams that are going to give us a good, a hard time in, in friendlies. Because and then when we do and get the odd freakish result, like although granted I watched that game, you know, and I know you said this to me before when we absolutely battered Germany um, in that friendly, and everyone was like, "Oh my god, we actually do have a good team. We beat like a really good team." But again, in a friendly, and that's like a one-off friendly where that the chances are that can happen. How about every friendly we have, we play like a top ten international team? Because you look at like Brazil and Argentina and Spain. They very rarely play friendlies against Mickey Mouse teams. Like they always play against like a decent team where they know they're gonna like get something out of the friendly. While we play like a team in like the top under like an outside the top fifty world rankings and yeah. and go, Oh, this is be a good friendly to test some people and like no make it competitive. Mm. Um make it elite competitive yeah. in the terms I of the I don't know, quality. I think it swings both ways because I remember um do you remember when, uh, before Euro 96, didn't um, Terry Venables take England out to the Far East? And we were playing like a load of Chinese teams. Ah, see, that, that, that annoys me. <laughs> I just don't think but, that's useful. Going back to that Germany game, I mean, I agree that, you know, friendlies, you're not going to get, you're not going to get the same intensity. And But we did really play well that game. And what everybody was saying was to, to Roy Hodgson, keep that team, that should be... Yeah, yeah. Be the structure that should be the genesis. That should be everything. The stupid thing is, you change that formation. Yeah, that's that's right. what I don't get about that. Yeah, granted, you could maybe change some of the team members from since then, but you, you're spot on. Like, I do not get why he looked at that game and then go, right, we're going to come up with a new formation two weeks before the tournament starts. It's like you absolute tool. Um, I, I, I just that I don't get that at all. Um, so, 
so yeah, we touched on the selections. This is like just to clap, just to like sort of end end that thought process. Is that, did you how did you how how much did you think he got the selections right? I mean, you obviously mentioned drink water. Do you agree? Drink water should have went. Of course. And you said Townsend, which I totally agree. Yeah. Um, and, and you think Defoe. So who wouldn't you have took? Um, Wilkshire, Wilkshire, we said earlier, just because he was Yeah, Wilkshire shouldn't have gone. Um, I, wouldn't have, I wouldn't have took Henderson for the same reason. Exactly. I, I think he... I, I was talking with work colleagues. I think we were saying about um, David Batty and um, Ray Wilkins. Henderson has, a, has this style of way he just wants to go sideways. Yeah, and just not go forward. Ping the ball around. Yeah, yeah and I think he's over. I don't rate him. I don't rate. I think him. he was a half decent player at Sunderland. I don't I think, think it's completely worked out for him properly at um, at Liverpool. So yeah, suggesting that the top level is just out of reach for him. I don't know. I'm not convinced about Smallin. And do you know what happened? Do you know what happened with Kyle Walker? Hmm. Uh, no. The newspapers found out that um, he sent a text to his uh, model girlfriend saying, "I wish I was an Ibiza. I can't be asked with this." Really? Yeah. He's not like best player of the tournament as well. <laughs> he didn't want to be there. Yeah, uh, a friend told me that, and because uh, I don't read the tabloids. Is that being friend... confirmed, or is that just? Yeah, guessing? a friend, a friend told us, and because I don't read the tabloids, and he does. No, no, no. I, I checked it out, and he's like, "Yeah, that's what his text he sent to his girlfriend saying, I wish I was in Ibiza instead of all this.' As, as in, she was she and I be for at the time, and he was like sort of saying, "Wish I was with you." Probably something that, like that. That sounds like that's what that was, which I guess there's an element of truth in that, but... But I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't write Chris Smolin much. Uh, I'm not saying he's rubbish, but I don't think he's a standard that we need to win a tournament. Just to, just to, just to end that, to end my thought about what you just said, because I just think, the, the funny thing about that aspect, isn't it interesting that the tabloids go after the player who easily had our, he's like easily our best player at that tournament. All right, well... You think he was the best? Well... The first two games, I know they dropped him for the the Slovenia game, but he was great the first two games. He was see, like, the see, I'm not I'm not Wayne Rooney's biggest fan necessary, but I think he had he had, he did all right. Not good probably enough. Was, pro- probably right. overall, he was yeah. I'll, I was going to say it would be big between him and Walker. Well, I would also include Danny Rose in that. Yeah, he was all right. I like. I think he was great. He, at had the, he has the potential to be another Ashley Cole. Like he won't. I don't think he's as talented as Cole is, but. He's a very good replacement. Yeah, um, he's clearly all left. left I, I, I felt I feel Baines. bad for Leighton Baines, like because I mean, he, huh? Leighton Baines probably would have went. Yeah, this was he? he was injured the most of the season, oh, and then he only came back the last three or four games, which is why you don't play, pick them. So why did Leighton Baines not get considered? Because he just yeah, didn't that, have a great. Win, yeah. He didn't have a. He didn't have a great end of the season, yeah. and he's a lot older. He's like you could argue what, how yeah. come he got left behind and Jack Wilshere went. That's what I mean. Uh, yeah, what's the criteria? I, yeah. I don't get it. Um, but anyway, so yeah, so would you have took Rashford? Mm. I mean, I'm, I'm not seeing enough of him to make had a good substitute appearance in the last yeah. game. But well, that, that was a stupid thing. Why? Why put him on if you having an impact? If you've got an impact, know, yeah, give him five minutes. Yeah, yeah it's stupid. I know, it made no sense. I, I thought like. I what about Ross? What about Ross Barkley? Uh, I know he never even didn't he even play any minutes at all. I don't think, I don't think he played. Oh. Uh, well, he had a he had a subpar end of the. He was in my fantasy football team for ages. So I do like him. I do rate him, but he had a really bad end of the season, like Lukaku did. Um, just Everton in general, just like capitulated. But um, I don't know. I mean, because without if Ali hadn't had the season he had at Tottenham, 
and Barkley kind of stayed consistent, uh, Ali wouldn't have got a look in. It would have been Barkley, Barkley starting. Mm-hmm. Um, at the start of the season, I think that's what everybody would have said that like Barkley's the next Gerard. Uh, um, in that sense, and people, yeah, people, I've heard people suggest he's more interested in his fitness than his actual play because he's like he, he spends all the time in the gym rather than well, like a treadmill and stuff. Yeah, right? like he's he's more interested in how Buffy looks rather than his own gameplay. Yeah. He's, yeah. he's not developed as well as yeah, I don't know if it's true or not. Might be true. But one player we should mention mm-hmm. the goalkeeper. All oh, right, yeah. Well, that's interesting. Yeah. Um, well, do you think like because uh, for basically the two because the argument about Joe Hart is that he was at fault he was at fault for at least two of the goals. Is that do you agree with that? Yeah, and he was also faulted goals in previous tournaments. Do you remember? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Squirmed in. Yeah, yeah. He's 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 got. I, I don't. I, I feel bad about this comparison because I do think he's maybe a marginally better keeper, but he's got a David James. Yeah, uh, feel about it. Yeah, it's good. I agree. Um, See, it, it confirmed it for me. I, I think he should. I think he should be dropped. Yeah, I do too. Uh, who would you play? Would you? I, I think well, um, Jack. So the storekeeper that got injured. Yeah, Jack Butland. I, yeah. I, I would just say give it. See, I was again. I was at St James's Park when Stoke came up here, and he was amazing. Oh yeah, that yeah, that, that's a very. In fact, good he was also amazing when Newcastle went down to Stoke and played there. Mm-hmm. Um, no, but that game against St James's Park, I. The re- and again, the reason I remember what you just said, and I was like, I totally agree, is that would have been like 10 nil to us. He had like, he was literally, we weren't yeah. going to score if we'd played till next weekend. Yeah. He just had one of them games where he couldn't get beat. Um, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, well, that was unfortunate, we can't do anything about it. But I mean, I've always rated Fraser Forster, I think. Do you remember what he mm-hmm. played against um, Barcelona for Celtic? Yeah. And Good keeper. He, yeah, and the Spanish papers, even um, no the, one of them put out a headline saying, the, the the wall of England or something, or the, <laughs> yeah, the wall of Glasgow. Or Another one that we uh, let go. <laughs> Cause he, yeah, because he, cause he kept Messi, yeah. kept Messi and uh, Iniesta and all the others. That, uh, a bit. I think he, Messi, Messi, I think scored one, but there's still. Certainly... He's a really like you know, he's he's tall and he and like bulky, so he looks good being in goal. You know, having a keeper that looks that way, I mean, it just makes the goal look smaller. Um, I just wonder with England as well, do we? Yeah, I'd go with Buckland, though, to end that story about the keeper, because I agree with you, like, you know, there might be people who disagree and think, well, people are being slightly unfair, because I've heard that in mainstream media, that, like, people are like, oh, Hart's been a good keeper. Yeah, he is a good keeper, and he's probably going to keep his place to Manchester City, but um, in England, he does it too often. Like, I mean, we only play every so often, and he's, you know, that's quite a, a track record. I just wonder if he, if, he, if he psychs himself out too much, because you see him in the, in the tunnel, and he's like, I don't know, he's like a boxer going into a ring and <laughs> part of me is like saying, okay, it's, what, nice, it's nice to see passion, but I think you want to calm down. That's a what little. Ian Wright said. Ian Wright said if anyone uh, more professional in the team would have probably at half-time just went, look, you, you know, calm down and don't yeah. like not be under pressure. But you know what the issue is, right? Is it's, it, it, He's not thinking that. He's thinking, he, he needs to stop doing head and shoulder adverts. That's what yeah. he's stop doing. <laughs> well, the, the he's joke thinking about how good his hair looked. <laughs> the, the, the joke afterwards was like, "Oh, Joe Hart's dropped his bottle in the shower." <laughs> he left his bottle in the changing room. Yeah, <laughs> that's a better one. Sponsored by Head Shoulders. Uh, no, but uh, yeah, I think he. I think if you're psyching yourself too much, you've obviously you've got the adrenaline going, and an adrenaline at times can sometimes play a part in, you know, 
Um, yeah, you can get over. You can get over over. Um, what's the word like? Over focused and over yeah. over. Like, yeah, I know exactly what you mean. And I think I'm, I, I'm, I'm I think it's captain doing that. Mm. But well, that's why I don't think I don't necessarily mind Rooney being a captain. But if you had a team of people like John Terry, because if John Terry was in the team now, because of all the stuff that happened when he was captain, he wouldn't be captain. But if he was in the team. You know, he could be somebody that instead of Rooney, but Rooney, Rooney, because you can have, you can have two. To me, in my in my opinion, you can have two different type of captains. You can have a captain like Messi is, where I doubt Messi would say a lot, but he would do all he's talking on the pitch. He would lead by example. Whereas, but then you can have a captain who literally like. You know, is the motivational speaker of the team where he'll basically like, you know, putting people into shape and going, this isn't good enough and we need to do harder or you need to do this, you need to do that, you need to calm down, you need to pass the ball more, you need to stop shooting from 30 yards or whatever and be sort of like the managerial voice of the players. Um, I, I think ultimately that seems to be the problem with the team right now. Um, is there's too many back, uh, individuals. Going back to the, going back to the FA, mm-hmm. do you think they. They, they they rely on certain players which they don't want to have dropped. So if a Rooney was in bad form, if a Joe Hart was in bad form, is there an element? Well, where so are, you, are you suge- are you suggesting the the are you suggesting by that the FA are basically telling Roy Hodgson who to play and who not to play? In a in a sort of. In a sort of um, what's the word? Ooh, that's very cynical. A uh, very cynical uh, look, if you don't. Mind. No, no, not, not, in a, not in a blatant, you know, way. Not but, like they're going. Here's the team sheet. You don't make a decision. But you so. know, when you whenever you look at a, an England billboard, and you know when they like, for example, when they bring out the new kit. Yes. They obviously select certain players that they want to, you know, harmonise that image. Mm-hmm. Going to send around the world, particularly in the Far East, where they make a lot of money. And, of course, yeah. And shirts. So is it? Is it? In an almost subconscious way, that that dare they drop certain players mm. because? Do you think that? See, I think there is a bit, not blatantly, but a bit. I mean, you can make. I mean, I guess the reason I went err uh, is that not that there isn't a, an argument in that. It's just I, I was going to say in a more generalistic sense, you can make that make the case for that in probably every club in existence. In the, there'll always be somebody where they'll be like, okay, he's out of form and we should probably drop him and give him a break, but we have to play him because he's like he's yeah. selling tickets. Yeah. Um, I mean, I can give you a great example of that from a different sport, Kobe Bryant. Kobe Bryant, uh, one of the top, top 10 best players to ever play basketball, retired last year, probably one of the most well-known athletes in the world, um, played for the Lakers last year in the worst team the Lakers have ever had. And because it was his last season and he'd been injured the last two years previously, he was playing like half injured some of the time, or he shouldn't really play, but he was like, it's my last season, it's my chance to say goodbye to every team and every fan who go there, so all the places were sold out everywhere he went, because, you know, it's Kobe's in the house, he's like one of the greatest players ever, Um, but he had some stinkingly horrible nights, Um, so you can make a very valid case there, and the reason Lakers, because Lakers, the last two years of his deal paid him he was like second highest amount of money in the league and this is a guy who's like 35 which in any normal other circumstance would probably get half that amount just because of his age it's not that he's still a great player he would just get less of a deal but they they gave him roughly the same he was on previously because they just were like if we don't have Kobe Bryant we can't sell we're not we're we're not going to sell out the stadium sell out the arenas so that is a, a good example of what you just said um 
with the FA, I don't think it's as black and white in that. I think it's a little bit more complicated, being that it's a national organisation and they don't play very often. But I'm, I guess the point I was making is that's got to be a factor in pretty much every club you can think of, that somebody must do that. Uh, they must do that where someone struggles but they still play because they're popular. Um, I just think... Some, it, some managers have, have to have, like, you know... Had the bottle to actually do that at times, and uh, whether whether you agree with it or not, I mean, from Newcastle history, are you, I think you're going to say this. Go on, go on. <laughs> Shall we say it together? No, no, go for it. I, I, I'm interested to know if we were thinking the same thing. Rude Hullet and Shearer. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> that's the most. From as being Newcastle fans, that's the most obvious example where um, Rude Hullet, because um, the history, like people who historically look at that example, because for those who don't know what we're talking about. Um, Rude Gullet, when he managed Newcastle in the 98, was it 99 season, something like that, um, uh, famously dropped Shearer, who was like an icon, like our, our greatest ever goal scorer. Dropped him in the derby as well against Yeah, them. it was against Sunderland, uh, which we took the lead in that game, which people forget. Uh, and Sunderland scored two late goals and yeah. uh, won 2-1. Uh, and then he got sacked like three or four days later. And historic, when people look at that game historically in that decision, and Shira's even said this, uh, he could have won that war with Shira because they just fell out with each other. The, yeah. If that resulted went his way, yeah. uh, the, that, the, 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 and he, he obviously then could have had an argument of keep not playing him, could have let Shira out of Newcastle and Rude Hullet would have still been manager. But the fact that he lost and it backfired meant the fans just went, not good enough. How can you drop one of our best players um, who's like one of us from Newcastle, uh, which obviously helped. So, yeah, uh, that was such an, a, 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 a very relevant game in our history for Shira staying past, which would have only been, what, four years? Then he would have went on. He, you know, yeah. he wouldn't have probably... Think he wouldn't have thinking Jackie Milburn's record and he wouldn't have stayed and uh, very fascinating um, I would just say though to go back to England uh, I think the answer to the question of what we just said in terms of selection he relied on as we touched on earlier like Wilshire but the, in terms of the starting 11 he relied on people too long they were out of form and he kept having yeah. faith with them mm-hmm. uh, and we've already mentioned one in Harry Kane because I would have dropped him after the first couple of games um, and the other one is, and I absolutely, and I, I think this is going to lead to a five-minute rant. But my, my the least, my least favorite player in the England team right now is Sterling. Absolutely, mm, hate. I really hate him. Yeah. Uh, I don't mean that in a personal sense. I don't know the guy, but I'm just saying from a footballing point of view. I've been joking with everybody during this tournament. Apparently, to get into the England team, you have to be able to pass the ball five yards and not fall over when you pick the ball up. Mm-hmm. And, you're, and you're automatically a better footballer than Sterling. Yeah. And this is a guy who gets, as you said about money, if I, I, which I, I, I try to be careful about saying that because I don't think it's fair because um, they didn't decide who how much they got paid. It just came, mm-hmm. became that way, so you can't blame football players because if you were in that situation of being in that profession you could get that amount of money you wouldn't turn it down so that's a, that's a stupid argument but I'm saying you're going to make that argument of a footballer who can't pass the ball five yards can't, can't finish from five yards mm-hmm. falls over when he, t- he ever attempts to do a dribble yeah I, 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 I don't and he's worth 50 million as well it, like they paid 50 million to buy him I don't, I don't get it and I don't see how Roy Hudson looked at all them games and went, even up to the Iceland game, I'm keeping him in. I, I have my faith in him. Where any any Sunday League team manager would have went, 
yeah, I need to drop him. He's not. He's out of form. He's not playing well. I mean, and again, the argument is he got dropped at the end of the season for Manchester City. Mm-hmm. So they were aware of he, they were aware he wasn't playing well. So why do we just suddenly think that's okay? And the only one who looked half decent in terms of like the fringe player, but was getting starts was yeah. Lalana, and he dropped he dropped him. Yeah, I don't get it. I like Dude, I don't get it. I don't get it. He was he was like he was quite bright in the games. I mean, he didn't have like stupendously great games, but he had a better game than Sterling. And I think he, I think when he moved to Liverpool from Southampton, he initially found it a bit tough. Hmm. Didn't get on with Brendan Rodgers, wasn't. But I think under Klopp, he seems to. Yeah, be I think Klopp's realised what he's good at and like played his strengths. Yeah. Um, so no, I totally agree with that. And I, and and and, I, and I'm not his biggest fan. I didn't really rate him. It's Southampton and thought he got a good. So how do we season. how do we round off Roy Hodgson then? Because the the, the, the legacy is that he he had a pre written resignation speech, which I know, I know, and I, I I'm glad you brought that up because I wanted to ask you if you were a player, right? Yeah. Say you were in a player, uh, say a day before, and you were doing training, and then you you overhear a rumor where they go. Oh, do you know? Do you know what, Ricky? Uh, I know you're like our be- one of our best players, and, I, and we're like bigging you up. Like you know, we're, we're going to beat Iceland, and we, you know, this is our best chance to win a thing. Oh, but by the way, Ricky, uh, our manager's uh, done a pre-arranged resignation letter because that's how confident he is that we're going to win. Yeah. That? I, I, how would you take that? I, it's like that, that's that's literally uh, 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 that literally tells you his mindset. Yeah, not his, for six. Yeah, his mindset before the game. Before the the biggest game of his England managerial career is to go, ah, oh, best have a resignation at a handy. Like that tells me already he had the mindset of a negative person and that we were going to lose. He didn't go, ah, oh, you know, screw this resignation. That I'm going to do everything I can. We are not going to lose this game. It was like, no, I'm going to have a because I it, it it I always wondered that because. What I sat and watched, I'm sure everybody did after the game, where he sat and read it, and I'm going, wow, he did that fast. Yeah. And that, and that sound, and it's, and it was really like, sort of. It wasn't exactly swift, wasn't it? No. He, it was a quite lengthy PC kind of written, and, and really bigged his team up. Oh, these are a talented bunch. Um, you know, they're going to go on and great, do great things, and, and like, well. The only thing I can. It seemed like that. That's not what we saw. No, exactly, yeah. And the only thing that the only thing I can think of to kind of save him doing that is maybe he was going to retire regardless of what happened. Yeah, but but that which which would be sort of fair, but still, the um, least you would have expected is well, I'm going to go back and talk to the FA and see what they think, and you know at least hmm. suggest that I, I, if he if he really felt excited, you know, you used the word excited a few times, hmm. then he would have liked to develop, you know, have a couple at least. At least try and convince the FA and the fans that I look at someone like Roy Hodgson and think, I don't "Give me, think... give me one more tournament." I'll, I'll, I'll... <laughs> but there wasn't any of that. Nah, I, 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 well, that's my point. I was just about to say the word excitement and Roy Hodgson don't go together. <laughs> like I, I, I can't imagine an I an, a scenario where I see Roy Hodgson having any moment of excitement in his life. This is why I think he got the job in the first place because he's Mister Sensible, Mister Mister. Um, uh, like the yes man of the FA, like you'll go, yeah, yes, yes, sir. Like, you know, we we kind of saw it coming as well in the sense that when Gary Neville took the was it the Valencia job, <laughs> and he lasted how long? Well, like, uh, a month? no, it was more than a month. It was a few months, but he uh, he struggled. Yeah. But then uh, how do you, how do you equate doing that with like being number two to England? I mean, mm, I, I think I, I 
I'm not like Gary Neville's biggest fan, but I would defend him in the sense of if that's an easy thing to say when he got offered the job, which I think in under his position, why wouldn't he take it? Yeah, uh, and it's a, he, it, he talks very well though, doesn't he? Yeah. Like, before he got the job, everyone. I mean, once Sky Sports. I mean, I love listening to Gary Neville. But the problem is, I think what he didn't think about, right? Because I'm saying, if someone offered you Valencia and you haven't really had a manager's job, that's a really good club to take. So yeah. I get, I, I, I totally get why he went. Oh, this is an opportunity. I, I should take it. The problem is, I don't think he thought of, and I don't. And this is my argument to why I think it's unfair to criticise him to that level. Is you're going to a completely different culture. You don't know the language. Yeah. Uh, you and you're learning that language on the fly, and you're trying to get across your plans while learning the ropes, learning the the culture, buying a house, doing all these different things in a, in a different country. As the manager, that's not the same as a player. A player has probably less pressure in that sense because they only need to think of themselves. So they'll go there, get a house, and maybe that, and obviously that spouse or their kids or whatever. So they'll, they'll 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 think of that. But then they only have to think about like going on the pitch and doing their job, whereas the manager has to communicate to everybody in the club, the chairman, all these assistant managers, um, yeah. and everything else. And I just think that, that it's that was really hard to do that and have a and make a successful team at the same time. So I think it, it was a little unfair. Um, yeah. for, for, uh, and I think the mistake wasn't taking it just in the first place, if you're going to criticise him for anything. But, as I said, under his circumstance why wouldn't he take it yeah um i don't I, again so i don't i don't criticize them either way and i just think some people are overly critical to be prepared to go with that without talking about the logistics of it's a new culture and all the stuff i've just said so that's my take on that so i just think i've sort of been a little bit defensive about it but um but as shira criticized him about which i totally agree where were we for set set pieces so, During this tournament, we struggled with set pieces, and isn't that Gary Neville's forty? And well, didn't didn't um, wasn't Harry Kane taking corners? No, and he got criticised. Well, he should of be in the top. Of me. course, yeah. a guy who got a guy who scores close to thirty goals this season in our, in, in our, what people say is the hardest league to score goals in, mm-hmm. and we go right. Oh, it's a corner. We'll get our premier striker to take yeah. it, and I'm like, what the hell? And every free kick and corner he took. Didn't hit like didn't hit past the first person. It, it was awful. Like every free kick, the free kick in Iceland. Every time he took a free kick, I'm going. Yeah, it was like Z, wasn't it? It showed that we did, like you, you said about the character things, which I think you made a really good argument about. Is that to me is a great example of that because if I was anybody on that team, you know, and I'm not the, I, I, you know, when I played football, I wasn't like I didn't I didn't talk. I wasn't like a, the the most outspoken character, but I would speak if I felt I needed to. Um, and and if I was in that team, yeah. I would have most definitely after the second free kick or something where he skied it. Right, yeah. I don't care what Roy Hodgson says. Us as players need to go. He's not taking free kicks anymore because look, you're just you're not you're not you're not in form. You're not in sync. You know what? I can't remember which game it was or which team it was, but again, another player was. I don't think it was England. Or it might have been. Um, yeah, it could have been. I think it was something that Martin Keown said or something, mm-hmm. which I disagreed with because we had a, like a free kick early on and it went in like row Z. Mm-hmm. And and Martin Keown was like saying, "Oh, just forgive him. He's he's just like finding his range." I was like, "You can." 
finding your range. <laughs> what have you been doing? You know, hours of hours of practice. Does Payet that... need to find his range? Exactly. <laughs> they just do it like straight away, instantaneously. I just like... think there's not enough. I mean, I think that's the wider point of. I think there's just not enough free kick specialists anymore. I don't. There's not as many as there used to be. That's my opinion on that. Uh, because look at Ronaldo. There was a statistic that came out the other day. Uh, I don't think it's Real Madrid included, but he hadn't scored. A, he hadn't had a shot on target or something in a free kick for Portugal in a year and a half. Yeah. Or something ridiculous. And it was like a hundred and something attempts. And it was just like, maybe he shouldn't take free kicks, but no one's ever going to say that because Ronaldo. His, his uh, ratio at Man United was phenomenal. Yeah, I know. I don't know what happened with that. I, I think it's, you know what? My theory is, having watched the odd Real Madrid game, is since he left that, because he started doing it at Man United, but they went in, is that he wanted to do the whole 40 yard top corner, like precision free kick, yeah. instead of just hitting the target. So mm-hmm. he was like, he's sort of become like Roberto Carlos, where he just wants to do like the, you know, he wants the ball to kill 300 different ways and land in the top corner. Where I'm just like, if I was the manager, I'm like, bloody <coughs> hit the target. Like, stop with all this trying to score 40 yard wonder goals. Like, just hit the target and you never and plus know. Plus, these new balls as well, they yeah. just zip, they zip in the air. So, I know, yeah. If you, if, you can, if you can put a bit of zip into it, chances are the keeper will be bamboozled. And Well, look at the, like, I know we criticise Joe Hart, but like, you know, Gareth Bale that wouldn't have scored that free kick if he hadn't. Yeah. Just yeah. hit the target. Yeah. You know? It was virtually so. in the middle of the net, and the keeper was like, "Well, he stood still, but he was intending to go that way, but the ball went that way, and he, it was too late for him to." So yeah, I thought like so. What I thought we'll do is we'll do a quick summary of the whole tournament so far, right? So I'm looking at the results now because we've talked about a lot of stuff, and I don't want it to be too long as well. So I thought what we'll do is we'll look at the results, so, so talk maybe quickly about some that we thought were were interesting results. And then basically, I thought we'd end the podcast by making a prediction about who's going to win because I'll put this up tomorrow. Um, so, like, so as I said, as I said about twenty minutes ago, uh, France started the game against Romania, which um, I think was that the one where there was a Pirates scored ninetieth minute, wasn't it? Top corner screamer, yeah. yeah. So that was a good start of the tournament. So I guess we'll do a quick run through and then we'll stop if there's a game that's important because that was good. I mean, overall, that was a good opening game. I thought. Like, do you think? Do you think West Ham will keep them? Good question. Um, I think he's a top player. He deserves to be in there. That's not to. That's not disingenuous to West Ham because I think I, I like Slavin as well. He, it's great in it because it shows how ignorant West Ham be a top four team. I think. But no, no, I agree. Or top six maybe at the very least. Um, but which I think no, did they? No, it was Southampton, wasn't it? Who got in the top yeah, six? But um, but uh, yeah. So it's funny. I was just going to say it's funny how ignorant some football fans are because when they bought Pi, they were like who. Yeah. And then now they're just like, why? And he's like, in the, it's the same with like Kante at Leicester. They're like, you know, yeah. so, and, and we got criticised. I know we got relegated, but we have occasionally got some gems from the French League. And then some other people do, and they go, who? And get, and then look at them now. They're like walking into the French team. I know the French team isn't loaded with talent, but it's still pretty, you know, pretty decent. So, yeah. Um, I, I heard his agent come out halfway through the tournament saying um, there would obviously be people that want him. But I think they said it's going to be, it's going to probably cost too much money to take him, uh, which leads me to worry about that, you know, maybe some team from China might go, because he's, again, I think the problem with this China stuff is anyone that hits approaching 30, because he's, you know, he's late, he's clearly a late bloomer, that someone from China might go, do you want 200,000 a week or 200,000 pound a week or something? And he'd be like, bye, because, I, I mean, I don't know how much wages he's on, but he, I imagine um, he'd probably be on about 70 grand, maybe. Shock, I'm still in shock at what you said about Pele, because I think he's a decent player. Who? 
Pelo. Oh, Pelo. Yeah. Um, I well, I, I think it's just I think it's unconfirmed at this point, but uh, it seems like that's it seems like it's true from what I was reading earlier. And for thirty million, I'm like considering the, the decent tournament he had. I think that's a really cheap amount of money. Um, well, I think going back to pay, I think because um, West Ham are moving into the Olympic Stadium, aren't they? This the end of the summer. Yep. Which is why they want a key signing. Yeah, so he'll probably stick in the sense that it'll be a new era for them and. And, 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 did he have a story it, about Tevez? No, no, I didn't know. I didn't know this. I only read this today, which I thought was interesting. So I'll tell you is because, um, as you probably have seen through the transfer window this season, West Ham have been trying to get like a really marquee top world class striker because the move, as you said, moving into the Olympic Stadium, they're going to get loads of extra revenue. So they wanted to get a really good signing because they were try They tried. Uh, they tried to sort of tempt Ibrahimovic. They tried to take that Alex Tierra before he ended up moving to China. And then the last one they tried where they agreed a fee was with that guy who ended up at Chelsea, the Belgian dude, um, the guy from Marseille, that Bile- yeah, I can't yeah. say his name, Belezjaxi or whatever, <coughs> who was on the bench for Belgium this tournament, who's this young guy who plays for Marseille. Um, Chelsea basically hijacked that deal and bought him. Um, so yeah, they've been wanting a, a really good striker. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, David Sullivan... Uh, who one of the obviously one of the co chairman of West Ham uh, released a story about three or four days ago where um, for Tevez used to play for Manchester United and obviously played for West Ham before then uh, went in that stupid thing with Mascherano yeah um, uh, obviously had a few successful seasons at UV went back to his homeland to play for Boca Juniors last season um, but they they basically because uh, because I think he's got like a strange deal. He's got like a strange he's deal. Spent time in league with Man United, remember as well in between. Oh yeah, yeah, of course, yeah. Um, but I'm just saying, so because he had the previous thing with West Ham, they basically just tested Rom and said, "Would you like to come back to West Ham?" Oh. Uh, and because uh, of him being a Boca, they were like, you know, we'll give you a couple, you know, a couple of years. We just would really like a world class striker. And basically, David Sullivan's thinking was, we used to play for it. Always said he liked it. Um, had a really good season last season at UV. He's like got twenty five goals or something. And so you still still. I was about to say. I mean, you've answered the question because I was going to say, isn't he not like past his best? But if he's if he's still scoring, if he's in double figures in uh, Syria, then uh... no. I mean, I mean, I don't know how much he, I don't know how well he's done for Boca this year. Right. Um, but the but anyway, the, the 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 story is that they tried to get him to come at West Ham, and David. The reason David Sullivan released this is because he went. I get annoyed at footballers because Tevez came out and said, "I love West Ham. I would, let, I, you know, if there was a chance to go back one day, I'd seriously consider it." They came back to him and supposedly they were willing to offer him like 150,000 a week or something, um, which was obviously more than he was on now. And he came back to them and said, "Yeah, I'll come if you double that." Yeah. <laughs> supposedly, so so Tevez, for all his love of West Ham, said, "I'll come to you if you pay me 300 grand, 300 yeah. grand a week," which is like. You the, know the price of love, Messi and Ronaldo level of uh, level of money. Um, well, maybe not. But the love comes at a hell of a price, isn't it? Yeah. So he's like, that's some love, that is. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so it just brought that up because yeah. You, so you know, West Ham are looking for a striker clearly. Um, so it'll be interesting. But um, I'm I'm looking forward to watching matches at that stadium. I think. Uh, yeah, it'd be interesting. Cause I mean, I mean, I'm into I'm into like stadium architecture. Oh, yeah. It's one of my kind of like weird. Yeah, sort I'm of sure we've like, had a conversation about this because didn't I tell you about? Because I again, because we just touched on the whole using Wikipedia during this is um, 
I like had a night once, which sounds like I'm really sad, but it is kind of what I'm like, is I, I was just interested in, I wonder what like the biggest stadiums are in the world, because I don't actually know that. And then like the biggest one is like this place in Russia, which is in St. Petersburg, which is like, holds like 215,000 or something. And uh, they built it. It used this, to be the, is it the Azteca in Mexico? That used yeah. And the, what was that one in Brazil or something, one of the America, yeah. uh, the yeah. one that got, Demolished because it was too unsafe, but it was in that World Cup, which. Uh, also in Russia now, is it? Yeah, so it's like 200 odd thousand. I don't think actually think it's a football Mind stadium, you, but it's. You've seen some of the ones, I mean, have you seen some of the American uh, Super Bowl, the uh, American football stadiums? I mean, oh, you, technically not football, but, but obviously in the World Cup of 94, they played the football in a lot of them stadiums, and mm. they were huge. You know, there's, uh, you know just because I, I, I like having a factual podcast, I'll quickly. I'll quickly tell you. Uh, I remember one, because that was the first tournament that they had, like, indoor stadiums, and I remember one person um, didn't like it. He said he described it, it, it smelled like a giant hot dog stand. Mm-hmm. So obviously, they, 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 they like the food in there and sort of having an enclosed space. So. Hmm. And all the, mod, all the modern ones are indoor now. We'll have a, a, huh. I'm, I think I'm sort of wrong then. I don't know what I, I don't know what Russian thing I was thinking of. Maybe it wasn't a stadium then. But it was the mo- it was the highest capacity place when really it was not classed as a stadium. But apparently the highest is, um, not surprisingly, I can't, I'm so I'm so <laughs> that makes me laugh. Uh, apparently the biggest stadium right is uh, the Run Grando First of May Stadium right. Can you have any? Can I? I, I would, I'd be very impressed right. I, I'm just going to give you a quick guessing game of. Do you have any idea where that is? Run um, Run Grando. Yeah, Run Grando. That, that Run sounds. Grado, Run Grado, I think. That sounds Latin or Spanish. No, 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 it's not. Yeah. Completely opposite side of the of the world, actually. <laughs> oh. um, I, I was just about to say, think of the, the. I think the biggest clear, the big, biggest silly clear I can give you. Think of the wackiest, crazy place in the world that someone would build. Uh, this capacity is one hundred and fifty thousand. Korea, uh, yeah, North Korea, North Korea, <laughs> North Korea yeah. Wow. Uh, in it's in uh, Pyongyang, Pyongyang yeah. uh, city. And um, it play. It's where the Korean uh, North Korean football team play, <laughs> which are not even that great. That way they'll keep their nuclear warheads as well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and I'm bit, you know what it is. It's crazy to say, but it is a ha- bizarre country, like a awful country in that in this sense. It's like 150,000 people where they went. Oh, let's make it 150,000, and like uh, Kim Jong Il or Kim Jong Un, whatever his his son's called, is like. But 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 sir, no one will go into that stadium, like because our, our football team's rubbish. We'll force them. <laughs> we'll force them. One hundred fifty thousand. Just another quick weird factoid. Um, what, again, one of the biggest, the new camp. Someone told me I don't yeah, know if it's something thousand in it. Yeah. Yeah, but th- when they make that bigger, instead of making like tiers on top, mm-hmm. they actually uh, dig deeper. All right, like a like a bottom tier. Like I have new... seen the new plans. It does look amazing what they're going to do with it. Cause I, have you been in the new camp? I I have. It's really nice. Yeah, I went when I was a kid. Uh, somebody told me that. I don't know if it's true or not, but it's fascinating. Yeah, it might be true. I don't know. I, you'd have to. I don't know the. Um, I don't know the like sort of uh, like physical. So, so they're doing a renovation of it. Yeah, they announced it. They announced it. It's like two hundred fifty million or something, and they're, it's not going to be 
too much bigger in terms of capacity. <clears throat> they're just making it like a sort of shopping. They're gonna like put a shopping centre near it and a bunch of hotels and stuff. And it looks uh, and like sort of change the design of the roof a little bit to make it a little bit more modern um and a little bit more relevant uh and just give it a like a facelift i think is really probably the best because it i mean i went to see it in like 96 ish i think and um it was starting to look aged when i saw it uh so you know who dare think what it looks like now so i think yeah it just needs to be a little bit like painted and decorated it's just as silly as that sounds so yeah so the next one after that is um uh, a lot of American football teams, which wouldn't surprise people. So you got Michigan, Michigan Stadium, Ohio Stadium, Kyle Field, Neyland Stadium, Tiger Stadium, Brian Denny Stadium, uh, the Royal Texas Memorial Stadium, which I think is where the WrestleMania was, uh, Melbourne Cricket Ground, <coughs> foot, uh, uh, which is uh, cricket, isn't it? Yeah. Um, New Camp, uh, yeah. and then. Estadio, Estadio, oh, is that the one we just mentioned in Mexico? The Estadio Azteca. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Just, that's just slight, slightly less capacity than New Camp. You know, if I was a betting man, I wouldn't think that. But yeah. Um, and then you've got like Soccer City, which is in uh, South Africa, which is where the that, oh, uh, yeah. World Cup was. You remember yeah. uh, Los Angeles um, Memorial Coliseum? I guess that's where the uh, uh, yeah, that's where the uh, Galaxy play. Yeah. Um, yeah, just a bunch of American football ones. Okay, so I don't know where I came up with that. I'd have to check where that Russian was. Well, maybe it wasn't a stadium. It was just like a place for a venue, like a venue. I don't awesome. know because it's just says stadiums by capacity. Unless it's uh, unless it's um, unless it's closed since I last read it. Maybe I don't know. But um, is it? Uh, uh, oh, I think it might have even been getting built. Maybe maybe that's what I'm thinking. So because it said it has to be a built usable stadium in that list I just read so maybe it's uh, that's why that one I've just heard of is not on it I don't know I'll have to, I'll have to I mean just I'll just to end this but I went to see Newcastle play Man City um, two seasons ago in the in uh, we touched on the uh, the lesser known cup it was in the uh, League Cup mm-hmm. and we beat we beat them 2-0 and I'll tell you what the the Emirates um, sorry the Etihad it's, it's, it's amazing because it's not. It's not just the stadium. It's it's like a whole arena around it. They've got like, they've got like courts where kids can have like five side tournaments. They've got like restaurants, like the biggest, um, the biggest hot dog stands you'll ever see. It's yeah. just like it's a whole big arena, and it, it takes like, it takes like uh, half an hour to walk around the bloody thing. <laughs> it's huge. No, no. It is, uh, some stadiums but, are like. It's got a bigger radius than what you see on the TV because you've got a. It's like an enclosure. Where it's like got play parks and stuff. It's it's like they've got all the mod cons. It's, it's, uh... So I guess you, I guess like sort of just like sort of clarify this, and then we'll talk about the final. Is who would you say has been so what like so we'll do like a sort of running question thing. So who's who's been who do you think's been the best team so far? Wow. Um, I mean, I could I guess I could you could see that in like surprise team as well if you want. Um, see, I'm tempted to say Wales. Yeah. I think the surprise they have, team. I think they they, they should. Yeah, get. in terms of spirit, which we've touched on, yeah. I think they they really kind of encompassed that and showed what can be achieved. Um, and you can also mention Iceland as well. I think in that respect. But you know, what? I'm going to sound a little bit boring, but I think with France, given what's happened and the pressure that they've been through, even though they haven't been playing brilliantly, mm-hmm. they've still managed to muster out that kind of. You know the 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 manage the manage to dig out that last can of energy just to get over the line in a way. Yeah, and I agree that they're not particularly brilliant players, 
I still think uh, I would say my team of the tournament, regardless who wins the final, is uh, Italy. I I just think yeah. they got I just think they yeah. got robbed. Yeah, I uh, think quite impressive. Yeah, I think they got robbed, and just Germany with their class, like you know their penalty shootout thing, just because Italy had a really good defence. I mean, yeah, granted they they, 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 they would struggle to score, but just I like the way that I like the team mentality because as people have pointed out, yeah, in comparison if, to if England, if they had the recognised strikers which they've had in previous generations, they would have walked this tournament probably. I like my, one of my favourite players, like Del Piero. <laughs> Del Piero, or Viali, or yeah, or um, or Braggio, as you said, Braggio, yeah, um, uh, Christian Vieri, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. Who? Who? Um, someone gave out the statistic, and I thought it was a little unfair because I thought he was a great, he was a good player in his day. But I just said, isn't it depressing that because Italy's, if you look at like Italy, Italy's goal scoring, um, like like history, they're one of these teams that they've not had. A, I mean, like uh, Del Piero, something like fourth or fifth highest Italian goal scorer in the in, ever, and he's only got like thirty goals because he wasn't like a prolific goal scorer. Like, but he was he would score good. He was a playmaker and everything else, but he would score a little bit. So, and it just shows goes to show. But um, but yeah. So, Vieppo Vieri is was is I think the top goal scorer in Italian history in World Cups. And I was like, that's yeah, that's really. And they were like, oh, that's really depressing. And I was like, really, that's that's not that's a little unfair. What if you met Paul Paolo Rossi? No, I just don't think he did play it often enough because I think Vieri did three World Cups in a row. Um, so I just think it's that. I think he got like four each or something, and Rossi got had two and scored nine or something or ten. Because um, he had that one, yeah, as you said, he had that one one where he scored a shit ton. But um. Uh, interesting, but um, yeah. So I'd go with Italy as surprise okay. team. I think they 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 were, and it, obviously they beat Spain. Even though I think Spain made some mistakes in who they picked to go 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 to the um, Spain have been. Uh, if you would ask to me, who's the dis- most disappointing? I would yes. say Spain. Yeah, I think they. I think I think that's not an unfair statement. Obviously, if we take England out of this, but yeah, yeah in terms of people who you expected to do well, they like scraped through all the rounds. But like, the they Spanish, struggled. Spanish as well didn't have recognised strikers. Do you? Do, I, I didn't. Yeah, they well, Murata really, but um, you know, a person who hardly <laughs> plays for Juve, yeah, and uh, he just went back to Real Madrid, and um, I I I think it was unfair they didn't take Torres. Um, oh. I, I know that like he didn't have a great Champions League final and whatnot, but as you said, at least have a recognised striker who at least yeah. got some experience. Because yeah. um, yeah. Lolito will go to Man, Man City, mate. I don't, I don't see how people think he's any good, but uh, just shows how little I know, really. But because he, he didn't exactly play great, he got a bit and moved to Manchester City. He was like, I don't get that at all. Um, so yeah, no, they were definitely disappointed, but I think it's sort of the change in a the generation they're going through right now. I think it's sort of similar to Germany because yeah. I don't think much of that German team will last yeah, maybe another World these, Cup. These, these the the formidable players in Spain's team, you like the Fabregas and your Iniesta, yeah. they're kind of on their way out now. Yeah, they've, had, they've had like they've had their golden period, and yeah, they were the best team in the world. Pique is heading must be heading towards thirty as well, and yeah. I mean Ramos is still great and. Uh, I would say probably Silva's got another tournament in impossible. Yeah, yeah, I, 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 like I adore Silva. I think he's yeah. amazing. But um, yeah, I mean they've still got a, a fairly good midfield and whatnot. And with their with their league with all Spanish players, they're going to get some gems coming out. Um, yeah. But um, yeah, I just think it's a transitional generation for them because you know Puyol retired, uh, Xavi retired, um, Casillas isn't there. 
Um, you know, and then the further down the list, the like their Rauls and everything else, and, and and it's slowly they've slowly started to resign. And for, for Germany, Lom I think was a massive miss for them. Well, um, didn't you, do you agree with me that he retired too soon? Because he could have yeah, looked, at, I mean, could have looked he, at this 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 trophy as well. Actually, I was thinking about this the other day, and I never checked, so I'm going to quickly check how old he is. Because I just I, make I guess he was like 31 or something. Is my guess? Yeah, but when we talked about like. Having the bottle to drop... Yeah, 32. Mar- 32. Mar- Mourinho infamously dropped Casillas, didn't he? The keeper at Real. Mm-hmm. That, that caused a big... Uh, yeah, he, I mean, as much as I like Casillas, I think it was not... Unfair, it was certainly not that... Un- I don't think it was that unfair, to be honest. But um, again, it's because he's a, lo- he's a local lad, isn't he? And, mm-hmm. and he would have been... Uh, Let's have a look. I think he was still Spain's number one keeper at the time, and that was... Uh, I mean, I'm a big fan of Mourinho, so whatever he does, I... I... Yeah, he retired. Uh, Lam retired at thirty, and it just looks like he's not coming. He's, not, uh, he's just uh, he, he, he retired after Euro 2014. He, he would have lifted this trophy as well. Retired as a champion, yeah, I guess. But yeah, he could have easily like he could he, he could have made another two World Cups if he wanted, uh, and he would have got a lot of caps. Like, sorry, it's more or less the same team that, that was at the World Cup. And it's a bit like France. They won France ninety and then won the Euros, and this but, would. Germany said? The last Germany game, you know, you were talking earlier about Spain not using strikers. This is what confuses me about teams because there's, there's quite a few that, that do that have been doing that because Ge- Germany played with really Muller up front, who I don't really think is an out and out striker, and they dropped Mario Gomez, which yeah. which made no sense to me. Yeah. Um, and there's more and more teams doing that. So, so the, this this thing that Spain come up with, like a false nine. Where you play sort of a attacking midfielder as a striker, and you don't really play a striker at all, which uh, I've never seen work successfully. <laughs> um, so I, I don't really get the I don't really get the the argument. To me, that's like playing a basketball game without a centre. Yeah. Uh, I, I I don't see. I mean, you can do it in spurts, but for an entire game. Uh, I don't think football's cut out for that, where you can do that for a long period of time, where it would work. It just seems silly to me. Um, so, what would you say was the best te- best game you watched out of the ones you have? Uh, I think it's quite easy for me. Okay. But it, it would be Wales-Belgium. Yeah, that was a good game. Because, uh, I, I, I don't know, it wasn't as if the odds were against Wales, but... The way they just like, kind of bust it, and obviously the likes of Robbie Savage and the likes going mad, and you just can imagine what what they were like in the valleys. Mm-hmm. It was just an amazing performance. Yeah, I uh, mean the uh, the 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 last one I watched, which was Germany France. Yeah, um, that was a good game, but for all the wrong reasons. And the yeah. again, it felt like a bit like daylight robbery. Even though Germany were lucky to beat Italy, I I, I said to my friend, it, it's about first half in particular. Like this is daylight robbery because France got battered majority of that first half, and then they got a penalty in the last minute of the first half. Mm-hmm. Um, and the second goal with Griezmann was just kind of like fortunate that it just fell to him and he got a open goal. Um, uh, it's a hell of a mistake at the back, is not? Yeah, no, yeah, no, yeah, not. Well, I tweeted during the game. I said, how often do you hear the crowd chant Ole against the gym? <laughs> oh, yeah, that was fun. Yeah, when the French started going, Way! I was just like, yeah, yeah, I know. But I, I really rate Griezmann. I mean, I liked him when he was at Real Sociedad. So when, um, basically, Madrid replaced him, because he replaced Diego Costa, of all people. I think, uh, to, me, to me, the revelation is Kante. I think he's yeah. just... Oh. No, he does. He does help their team. I mean, it's as if he, he, it's it's not like he he stands out particularly. 
Mm-hmm. He, he, he reminds me about he reminds me like a Paul Scholes in a way. I really wish because Arsenal is my second favorite team. I, if, uh, I was going to say in the Premier League, but not, but we're not in it anymore. So yeah. they're probably my best team, favorite team in the Premier League. Then yeah. uh, I really, really hope that they buy Kante because I think it would make Arsenal's midfield. But then having said that, I know they've bought that uh, Grant Zaria who had a pretty decent uh, tournament for Switzerland. So I'll I mean, say this. I'll say this about Arsenal. I'm so glad I'm not an Arsenal fan. Yeah, I'll tell you why. Because I think for most seasons they've been the most entertaining, the best, the best team. And you know that old saying: all Arsenal was walking in. And for the result, for the reward that they get for doing all that, they get zilch. Hmm. And you think they're going to win it? And even like last season, when when obviously Man City's and Chelsea's were, were not were not there, the same old teams that they were. <sighs> It was their win for them to say, "Come and get it, Arsenal. It's your, it's your, it's your Premiership." But they flunked as well. I'm, I'm, I wouldn't say time in again as well. I wouldn't say that um, that that Arsenal Arsenal should have won more um, trophies during the period of time. That's not. I don't think that's a up for debate. But yeah. I do think it's a little silly when people say, "Oh, it's, Arsenal fans must be really like hated because." More, I think majority of people in the Premier League would love to uh, be no. Arsenal in terms of I would love to have a team that consistently you know gets to the Champions League you know and I, never going to get relegated. There's a guy at work who was um, a Sunderland fan. Yeah. And obviously, we were having our little tussle about who would go down as also Sunderland, and so he's got the. Um, <laughs> he's got the. He the, won the wall. <laughs> but, but when. when But when he said to me, you know, I just don't. I can't live through this again. Uh, where we just survive every season, but you know what? It makes it interesting. That's and what, I, I posed the question: mm. Well, would you rather be someone like Arsenal, where you're always in the top but you never really get it? And I says, that's, he says that's a good question because I'd just be so frustrated. And in a way, mm. it's even though this on either end of the table. I mean, the other alternative would you rather be in the middle of the table, just not doing anything, not playing for anything, just kind of. Yeah, I think that's far worse than just being a media, like a middle of the road team. Like that, that would. That, I think there's more of an argument if you compare that. But I, I just think, with you, you've got to com- you've got to think of every every single angle on this, and I just think it's very. Un, it, it to me it feels unfair to say that Arsenal they've definitely underachieved. Like because I mean if they look at who won the te- league this year and they sort of threw this league away because yeah. I know everybody who wasn't playing well Arsenal had a chance. Yeah. Um, so there's so there's, you could definitely make that argument. But my point is if you compare it to the majority of seasons since they haven't won. They've they've been up against a whole bunch of teams who have had such a huge amount of financial backing. Now, granted, they've obviously spent <clears throat> some money on like Ozil and Sanchez and whatnot, and I think he does doesn't buy the right people some of the time because I just think if he bought a quality defensive midfielder, maybe this Grant Zaha is from from uh, from uh, Switzerland. They've never really had another Patrick Vieira, have they? Well, yeah, so hopefully he might be something like that, because I know he's a bit aggressive and stuff, which is what they need. But I just wish they'd went out and bought a striker, a world-class striker. So they bought a world-class striker who got anything remotely close to 20 goals a season, they they would have a massive, massive chance. Yeah. Like an Aguero, like a, an Agu- like someone like an Aguero or Harry Kane for, in the Premier League, that they would they would they would they would be hard to stop. Um, quick point on Arsenal, why would? I mean, what, another player that got dropped was Walcott. He never went. Did that. 
So, you were a fan of? No, um, because I make the argument of, I think the criticism against him is really simple in that, is he any better than when he first started playing? And I, I, I make the argument of no. I, I, I honestly don't think he's gotten any better in 10 years, which is a massive, massive harsh thing to say to a footballer or anyone in any profession. You I'm do still not like learn. Him, but I think you make a good point. He's not really... But no, again, you, you may take him for pace, but the, yeah. my, my problem with that argument is, and I understand why you're asking this, is that the problem with it is simple and that is pace enough is my point. Like how he's got to add something else to his game, um, because if you wanted pace, Townsend was in form and he's quite pacey. So why didn't we take him? Because he's yeah, an actu- he's an actual winger as well, and we play a system with two wingers. It's so like I, I, it made no sense to me. So yeah, I'm glad we didn't take him under the guards of. And I said the solution if he wants to seriously save his career, he needs to leave Arsenal. He needs to go because I think he could go to somewhere like I would be. I mean, I don't think maybe a Liverpool fan who disagrees with me, but he, he could go to like somewhere like Liverpool uh, or an Everton or something. Um, yeah, and 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 he'd, he'd walk into their team and play every week, and that might give him what he needs to prove what I just said wrong in terms of, you know, he might bang fifty to fifteen to twenty goals a season, and he might suddenly and they might play him up front, which is where he's always wanted to play, and you never know. But until that, he's always going to be the 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 what could have been guy. And my worry is like Oxley Chamberlain is going to be and Sterling. Or I, I said that about Sterling. My worry is I think Sterling is looking very similar to what Walcott is. Someone who gets a big money move to a big club like he has with Manchester City, and he, we may be thinking in eight years' time, going, "Wow, Sterling's got like sixty caps for England. Doesn't play, doesn't get picked all the time, and they, and it gets under consideration. Has he got better?" Probably not. That's yeah. what worries me about Sterling is that um, I, I, he hasn't got better at being being at Manchester City for one year, and that, that worries me. But maybe he's saving grace as Pep Guardiola. Yeah. Um, but we'll see. Um, but I, I, uh, yeah, anyway, so go back into the thing about hmm, my favourite game. I don't know where I said that, but yeah, I, I did touch on. I said the Germany France game because it was just hectic. It was just, it was bizarre. Like, it was just like a battering thing, and then France, like, you know, did some odd good moves, and the, 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 the fans were into it. Um, but yeah, I'd have to say, in terms of just shock value, and just kind of rooting for them, I think the Wales Belgium game, just because Belgium were a good team, dark favourites to win, and Wales kind of battered them, which is quite nice. <laughs> um, we agree on that. So yeah. Well, I'll just quickly mention Belgium, because they were my, as you say, the dark horse tip, because. Yeah. I would, I would. This is the best generation of players that Belgium have seen for a long time, and I was thinking. I oh, know some of the people they didn't take. Probably, you know, they'll probably not miss um, their central defender, the Man City guy. Yeah, company. Yeah, yeah but um, well, I think they lost for Tongan, which I think was a yeah, big blow. Him as well. um, yeah. No, I mean, if you think of some of the people they didn't take, because I mean, Vermaalen got picked because Hazard's not a captain either. No, no, no. I think the problem is, is there's, they're a classic example of team absolutely embedded with talent yeah. uh, just haven't got a formation or somebody with discipline to go you do this you do this and the most person who annoys me in their team and he's annoyed me for some time is Fellaini because yeah. I have no idea where he plays No, he's not a midfielder he's not a striker he's not a attack midfielder so what the hell is he I, mean, like, I don't get it because 
It, the reason I say he's not a midfielder, his passing's awful. He's tall. I mean, he can hold the ball up fairly decently, so he might be a whole midfielder. But he's not a great tackler. And then you and then you go, well, can he be an attack midfielder? Well, and he does, can head the does ball. He, does he score as many headers as what people not, expect for his height? No, well, really. since he moved to Man United, his goals have completely dried up because that was why he inevitably you'd get you'd get maybe close to ten goals, like and. He's just I can't see that happening so my point is if you play him attack midfielder you go right is he going to create chances for other people maybe if he knocks down headers but he's not going to like play a killer through ball or anything so I wouldn't play him attack midfielder so you're like okay am I going to play him a striker can he finish well how many goals has he scored not very that many so he's, he's a weird footballer because like <laughs> he, he might have He's got a little bit of talent, but it's just like I could not figure out in mind. Like, I'm going to draw a comparison here. Do you remember? Do you remember Carlton Palmer? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's similar to him. That's a good point. Be. Yeah, because no one knew whether he's a centre back or a centre midfielder. Yeah. yeah. Um, and he's he's one of these ones. Again, he was one very very talented, but would make a mistake, a massive mistake. Yeah. Uh, that's a good comparison. Uh, I, I agree with that. Um, so I guess, like, because I mean, we've been—I think we're approaching two and a half hours. So we need to wrap this up. Is um, is finally like so? The ultimate question: Who's going to win between Portugal, who we've barely talked about, other than said that they're not a good team, as good a team as before, and um, and uh, France? Who's going to win? Put your money on the line. <laughs> It'd be funny if you said Portugal, because I'd be like, I'll bet you a tenner. <laughs> I, I kind of want to say Portugal because I wanted to. I, I like being the different in that respect, but yeah, yeah. they've not done. They've not done enough to convince me that they're worthy winners of this tournament. And you know what? It, it wouldn't surprise me in a way if something fluky really happened, <laughs> like it came down to a penalty and Ronaldo scores it and they win it one 0 or something boring like that. But but it, it's it's France's to lose. I think yes. Go, going back on what I was saying about them being the team of the tournament, only through endeavour. Not through talent or or particularly fantastic play. Yeah. I think I think Kante is a, an absolute engine in midfield, mm-hmm. um, and I think Griezmann's yeah. in form got a lot yeah. of goals. I think Giroud for his Giroud for his criticism does what he needs to do. And even even um, Severa is is doing okay. I know, yeah, and he's not got a club, isn't he? Because I think he got released from UV. Did he? Yeah. yeah. He's, which is weird. I think there. Um, I wanted to say really quickly because there's been rumoured today that Man United won him. Because again, being I guess the most controversial thing to end on is is Pogba as good as people think? Because I, I I have to say I'm not convinced. You know, because I looked at because I, I I guess the comparison is he's French, he plays for Juve, he's approaching mid twenties. It's very similar circumstance, and it's in France. He's, they're in French France right now. Very similar to when Zidane played in '98, mm-hmm. and my problem is Zidane scored twice and was the difference in winning the final. Yeah, um, and you could tell even then. And I mean, he didn't have people forget when he first joined Juve, he really, really struggled, and it took him a good couple of years before they worked out because they played him like defensive midfielder at some point. Yeah. Then they went, "This guy's not a defensive midfielder; he's clearly a playmaker." And then he just shined. Um, what, I, what I would say is that French players traditionally have done well in England, haven't they? Mm-hmm. It's the, our league, our format seems well, like to be appetite on Yeah, um, yeah. done well. Although I can name one flop. <laughs> Uh, just New- one was quite a New- joke. Well, New- do you remember Newcastle in the late nineties? Uh, Givash. That's right. Yeah. yeah. But he broke his leg. In fairness, 
Oh, did he? Yeah, he broke his leg. He broke but his leg. But it's weird. Do you remember when we had John Dal Thomason? I know yeah, he, I know. Yeah, <laughs> and he and he was like brilliant for Madrid. I know. Yeah. I know. And yeah. He, was and like, he went to Feyenoord. He was quite good as well. Yeah, good for De- good for Denmark. Yeah. Typical us, man. I mean, uh, and and I kept saying like whenever you hear young talents, because supposedly we wanted Deli Ali before he went to Tottenham. And I just said, oh no, I bet he's glad that didn't happen because he would have been just another Hugo Viana. Yeah. Someone who was touted as like the, one of the best young talents and we just ruined them. Like, we ruined the one that actually me, I think, did soonest spend like 15 million. Remember Albert Luque? I liked him. They say he was good, but he just didn't do it. Mm. It was like. No, he was, I mean, like, when we. At, uh, De- whatever he was, Deputiva, I think. Um, he was a pretty good striker and he did alright when he first joined. I just think it, it was a wrong, wrong league for him and then he got. Kept getting all these niggling injuries, um, and yeah, but it's, it's the mark of a good player that yeah. you adapt it and you system. Yeah, of course, yeah, but uh, yeah, yeah, I just think he was. Yeah, I, I liked him though. I always thought he was alright, but um, I certainly think there's been worse flops than him. Uh, but yeah, there's been a few though. To be to be fair, but I never like Sunes. Sunes is, I mean, supposedly right. And just a quick, that seems like a gossip gossip hour right now. But supposedly, which I find. Baffling. Sunes is the most paid analyst on TV. Is he? Supposedly, yeah, he gets. I think something like a million and a half, a million and a half a year to do Sky. Right. And I'm like, how? Who decide? Who in their right mind decided that he was any good? And I know that's. I'm, I know that's rich coming from somebody who just played football, and this is a guy who played for one of the best Liverpool teams ever. You know what? I don't rate him at all. If I heard, if I heard Jamie Redknapp was the highest paid, I would have gone. <laughs> do you not like him? So I can't stand him. So. No, I know. I think sometimes he does talk utter bollocks. Sometimes do you know, and 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 my brother and, and others tell tell me the same thing. He talks on the show as if it's its own show. It's like he turns to the guest and he asks him the question, like, "Isn't that right, Thierry? Isn't that right, Graham?" Sort of like it's his show in a way. <laughs> and then and, and then since Thierry joined, Thierry's like, "Well, actually, no." And he asks why, and then he does a whole ten minute analysis where it's like, "Yeah, Jamie, this is why you're totally wrong." And Jamie's like. Oh yeah, you're right. <laughs> I've mean, I've been impressed by Terry on He's Rhea. great. He's yeah. great. And, and, and you, yeah. I did read him to begin with, but I, I quite like Rio Ferdinand's analysis now. I didn't yeah, he's getting better. Yeah, he's someone who's really like um, changed my opinion on him because yeah. when he first started, I was like, God, he's awful. Like he just he keeps making really basic points and keeps fumbling his words and stuff. But now he's quite like, this is what I think. <laughs> And he's just because he's got a bit of training under his belt now, because that's what I say. This is why, you know, I know, you know, you hear me say this all the time is um, not every, you know, when just because you've done something doesn't mean you can go and talk about it and and, yeah. and be you've got to have like a little bit of experience in doing yeah. that. And I think it's just took him a bit of time. I think I think Ryan Giggs has a way to go. I don't know if you saw his uh, punditry on uh, ITV the other day, but he was no, like, but I did see I did see when he got asked about English culture, and I think he was right. Um, Regards to what? Uh, in regards to the, prob- the, the problem with the England team. Um, yeah. And he just said roughly the same thing. Well, I think every, every, everyone's critic is probably right on that regard. I think everything yeah. everything's But no, I just like the... He just basically said our, our, um, our, our like, sort of attitude. Um, our, our attitude's wrong. Um, Wales went there with the idea of, let's see how far we can go. Yeah. England's yeah. go to tournaments with the idea of the minimum we expect you to do is this. Which is yeah, just a ver- again a very negative, almost mm-hmm. we're deserving of sp- we we deserve greatness yeah. when we, we're not putting the effort in. 
that's mm-hmm. the thing that most pisses me off about that attitude is that we just and that's why I love Shearer's thing of like yeah. when he because I saw the criticism he got on Twitter saying he's so negative I'm like no he's being realistic the negative people are the ones that think we're going to do well Shearer get backlash did he well you know it's obviously like, I thought the majority were, were majority did but I seen you know I'm saying the the, 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 the other argument oh. against that is all I'm do you, do you follow Danny Baker on Twitter uh, yes I do actually yeah I haven't read, seen any of his tweets. Read right his now. tweets on that on that the Iceland game. But yes, he is funny. He is funny. I do like him. He, I would I would like to interview him one day. I think he'd be fun. He's cool. Yeah, I like him. Yeah. I like. Did he still do? A, didn't he do like? Oh, he does a sports show on um, BBC BT Sport, doesn't he? But I haven't seen it. But Dan Kelly, yeah, I don't have it. I don't yeah. have BT Sports. I can't watch it. But um, anyway, so yeah, um, I think the good way of ending would be to say scores. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna put my. Like put my neck on the line. I'm gonna go two one France, and I think uh, Ronaldo's for. Okay. And I think Griezmann will get one of the goals. So I'm not convinced it's gonna be a great final because, like I said, I don't Maybe think one nil. Yeah. I don't. I, I think it's. I think it's gonna be um, scrappy. Nil like nil and penalties. That would be a good way to end the final. No, I think I think France will scrape it one nil. Right. Okay. I think. Again, you're not going to see any particular talent shine through. It's going to be scrappy and. He has a he has a really good question. The eleventh the eleventh man will help. Sorry, the twelfth man. Yeah, will help. yeah. I, I, well, I, I think that's obviously a, a good advantage. But um, he has the ultimate question, right? Because one of the things we never touched on, I think, it's a really good way of ending. Is Messi retired for international football? Even though I think he's going to change his mind on that because of the fact of his like feelings of like. He's, he's going to jail or something. Well. Just to clarify for people, because everyone read that and went, oh, he's going to jail. It's a suspended sentence, and he's basically going to get out of it because under Spanish, the basic general version of this is, under Spanish law, um, because it's a non-violent first offence, and it basically just didn't pay tax fraud, which was his father's problem, but he claims responsibility because it was documents he signed without looking, so there's negligence there. So, um, So it's like a joint issue. So they basically said under Spanish system, because it's a non-violent first offence and because of his case, it was very much like he was just an idiot as opposed to trying to think it. And his dad's much more culpable than he is, is that he can get around it through probation, like through doing community stuff and all this kind of thing. So it's a suspended sentence, which just means he could get that, but based on his case, it's probably not going to happen. It most likely is not going to happen. Um but yeah, well, so he retired. So, so yeah, so my question is: so Messi's retired, and obviously his legacy is great as he is. He's probably good, he's easily the great, you know, he's greatest player of this generation. Because um, I, I, the reason I say that because I hope people understood me saying that is because I don't think he's the greatest ever. But that's a debate for another show. I, I, I agree. I don't think he's either. Um, I don't think he. I don't think. The thing with Ronaldo as well. They both play in, in quite average international teams. But then so did so did Diego Maradona, and he 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 was strong enough to mm-hmm. to, to lift them and, and actually win the World Cup. And, and again, I just think as much as like you can score as many goals as you want, but then that argument is invalid because Pele scored far more goals than either of them. So this idea of that these are goal machines who have never seen anything like it is because you just Pele Pele played in some right bloody. Uh, Phenomenal Brazilian teams as well, didn't he? Like, and also he won a World Cup at seventeen. Yeah. I mean, that's fairly impressive. I mean, no, obviously, granted, the Brazilian team of that that era was amazing, yeah. but still, um, 
Messi hasn't won a World Cup or a major tournament, and neither has Ronaldo. And I just think that... So this will be Ronaldo's... But that's what I was just about to say. The ultimate question I wanted to ask you directly is... Well, it'll, it'll if put Ronaldo the... scores like a hat-trick or something and has the greatest final of his career, yeah. would that make him have a better career than Messi? Yes. I think it would. I think it would as well, which makes this game really, really interesting. Because yeah. I think if he doesn't win this, he'll still be regarded as not as good as Messi. Whereas it would increase the debate of... Ronaldo was better because look what he did in the Euros and look at what Messi didn't do in the Copa Americas. The other thing is, so interesting. Messi in some regard is is not tried and tested enough because he was brought up through the Barcelona system and they've been an amazing team for for years. Yeah, you can make that you argument. Know, yeah, where it was okay. Um, Ronaldo was in was was early at Man United and it was like that post Beckham era and he had to make a name for himself and he built himself quite well. And, um, and yeah, I just wonder what Messi would. I'd love to see Messi in a, in a club club environment where they're not all as good and see what occurs. Uh, to some extent, same with Ronaldo. I don't think you would ever do that, to be honest with you, because I think he knows. I, I think he's clever enough to know that to a certain degree. Yeah. yeah. Um, because that's the argument about why Argentina doesn't do very well. But again, I would argue that that's not true either. And, I mean, his uh, Argentine, Argentina team is more than talented enough to win the tournament. And the other thing with Messi, uh, I agree, he's a phenomenal player, but uh, it annoyed me at the last World Cup when he got given, given the golden boot. When he I know, him. yeah. Just he was just he was just got it because he was a post. But he was he was I mean he was okay, and I mean he may be like in the top three yeah. of the players of that tournament. But yeah, he didn't turn up in the final. No. So I, I, and yeah. that's exactly that's that's the the phrase you should use in this context. Turning up in the final. I'll make another quick comparison. Because in the history of the Premiership, I talk to the people like they compare, say, um, like Thierry Henry and Didier Drogba. Mm-hmm. Now, in your opinion, who would you? Who do you say Didier Drogba and who? Thierry Henry. Oh, Thierry Henry, without a shadow of a doubt. See, see, I, I'm going to disagree. I'm going to put Drogba. Oh because, no way! No, but because Drogba turned up in the finals more than more than Henry did. Mm. No, on a one-to-one basis, I would probably say that. Thierry is more technically gifted. I was just about to say that if your argument is Drogba is a better like to at the most important moments turns yeah. up, you've got an That's argument. I thought you meant who's the better footballer because if it's if it's, it's, it's not, I don't think it's even close to be saying the better footballer is in terms of ability. But but I don't um, think it's as close as part as you think. But I, I would Drogba. I always had a knack of turning up at the finals where Henri. Nah, he was, he was time, good. Kind of went missing. No, they were both. They were they were both. You know, good. Yeah. You know, Premier League legends, but I, I, you know, there's. I think oh, you can make an argument. Henri's the greatest ever Premier yeah. League player. Um, I, I, that's an interesting debate because that's why I never really didn't get. Because people See, go on about longevity of Ryan Giggs. I don't think Ryan Giggs is in the conversation. If I was, much name a, if I was to have a, a Premiership all-time greatest, it would be Shearer and Drogba front for me, and Henri on the bench. Nah, nah. Shearer and Henri would be. Yeah. Gio and Henri, I think, would be a good show for me. But unless he can, unless he can do with three up front, I don't know. <laughs> uh, no, that's interesting. Like, but you're right. It, turning up the final, and that's what Ronaldo has to do tomorrow. And and if he doesn't, then then people are going to. Well, I mean, you know, if he hadn't scraped through and Charisma had scored that goal in the final and uh, the the extra time, and then because they've just scraped through round after round, 
um, he had a, he's had a mediocre tournament, and it's only now that he scored that goal and uh, you know battered Wales that like they've suddenly went, oh, he's he's here. Um, I know he scored them a couple of goals against Iceland, but they scraped through that as well. Um, so overall, he's had a pretty mediocre tournament because in the group stages, he looked like a, he looked like he was he was like not even here. I know he's had a very long season, but and he obviously played the Champions League not but long before, but. Um, but yeah, oh well, well. Um, overall, what do you think? Like as a as a conclusion, do you think it's been a good tournament overall? I think it's been like there's been very few dull games, is what I'd say. I think it's been better than average. I wouldn't say yeah. it's been. It's not like being the best ever. No, not, not even close. The thing but. is, you know, we we talked ages before about nineties football, and we could we we would roll all these brilliant big names off of yeah. our tongues, and we don't get that in international football anymore. It's like Italy. I would struggle. To, 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 to name the the current Italy side or, or the other sides of like in terms of players who deserve the to wear the shirt as much as in comparison to where they were in the nineties and mm-hmm. I, I think Spain to some extent still have that because they've been the best side up until now like yeah. in terms of like arriving at this tournament and and they've like fell dramatically but mm-hmm. no it's it's been it's been entertaining um, it's not been we haven't necessarily seen the most fantastic football. But um, yeah, I think the the the, the Wales thing, especially, um, I, I, you know, the, the England England being knocked out early has become a bit of a regular. We're kind of used to it, aren't we? And um, mm-hmm. but yeah, I've enjoyed it. Again, not being the best, but it's been it's been good. And uh, no, yeah, and I'm looking. I mean, just as a, a good way of ending in terms of sport fans uh, listening, is that. Um, for me, I'm probably going to have a hard time getting any sleep on Sunday because uh, just just for sports fans, because this was mentioned like a couple of months ago, like how great Sunday is for sport because you've got UFC 200, which has just had some interesting news, um, and uh, so that's like early in the morning for European people. Well, <laughs> well, and as well as us because we're not European yeah. anymore, <laughs> and. Uh, so you got that, you got the Wimbledon final, and then you got. That was the, Euros. A, that was the common gag, by the way, that only England can knock down, can get knocked out of Europe twice. I know. <laughs> I I sent a message to my friend today about Murray. Did you hear what Andy Murray said? It, which I thought, wow, he actually has got a sense of humour because he went, "Isn't it funny that everyone now wants me, wants me to win because uh, I, I'm the only like last hope for anyone remotely English to win something this year?" Because <laughs> he's like, and do you know what? I, w- I wish he would wave this if he wins on Sunday because it's on on Sunday, isn't it? Yes, Sunday. Yeah. I wish he would wave the saltair of Scotland. I think all this pranning about that he has to he must wave the Union Jack to show his elite. Well, the joke isn't it is that all the times he lost in then finals because he's lost more finals than yeah. anybody else. Is that we were like, oh, Scottish prick. Yeah. <laughs> and then when he wins, it's like, oh, I always said he was British. <laughs> this Brit, uh, he's from he's from London, don't you know? Uh, <laughs> anyway, man, this was fun. I, mean, I, I enjoyed it. Yeah, it's been it's been. It's been a long time where I've actually sat down and debated football. I've quite enjoyed it because the only the only other people I do it with is my old mates from school. Because like um, not very many people I know are like wanting willing to talk about football for a long period of time. So. But in terms of like when we particularly when we discussed nineties football, because I think that was a golden period. Oh, it was good fun. Yeah, I used to I used to play sensible soccer on oh, yeah. <laughs> Drive. Legendary <laughs> game. And I would buy mag- magazines, World Soccer and Club Europe because they used to have the squad list in. And I would just sit there and I, I was to update the squads and play it. Oh, it was, it was heavy. Memories. <laughs> uh, 
really great. As I mentioned earlier, like it reminds me of Premier League stickers and just got to get all the all the players from the Premier League. It was really cool. That really fun. No, it's it's really good. And like I do miss that era to yeah. a certain extent. Uh, it's a different sport now with all the money involved and everything. It's, it's a bit of a shame, but I still like it. I just I'm definitely not as much of a football fan as I was. But um, but to clarify my thoughts on Euros, I as I as I agree with what your summary. It's been a above average tournament, not the best, but it's had some really good games and it's not been terrible to watch. Um, because there's been some tournaments I've watched in the past where it's been like, God, the game I think what, what, what comes out more on this tournament is not so much talent and entertainment, it's about team spirit. Yeah. And, and and the two teams that embody that were Iceland and Wales. Yeah, which is good. And, and France to an extent because they've been under the cosh with what's gone on recently. Yeah, and, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and grinding out results and stuff. I, I like that. Yeah, you like like to have a bit of passion and and and, and stuff about. So, it. Certainly so. didn't get that with England. No, exactly. Yeah. Um, uh, who do you think really quickly? Like, who do you think should replace Hodgson? That's something we've not talked about. Gosh. Would you give Hoddle a chance again? Or I know we've talked about this the other day, didn't we? Because he mm. was it you that said I don't think. You know what he said about the disabled thing is yeah. kind of a problem. As you know, as you know me on Twitter, I campaign for disability awareness and mental health awareness, and and, and yeah. comments like that really kind of. <laughs> at times, it can be forgi- unforgivable, but if he came out and said, "Look, I was wrong," but I don't think he's done that properly, has he? No, not really, because he again his argument. But was... if that's his belief, that's fair enough. I'm not mm. going to say you can't. You know, I think we had this conversation, didn't we? If that's yeah, the standpoint, then that's okay. what I said. Is that people took that as like a personal swipe rather than his personal belief? Yeah. Because um, it's more understandable. That, again, I'm not defending this in the sense of, from my own personal point of view, I still think he's an idiot. But I'm just making the point of he believes it in relation to religion because he's a religious. He's religious uh, inclined, so. That's the reason he believes something. Well, you see, England, that, England have always been scared of uh, um, taking managers who speak their minds, which is why Brian Clough never got the job. Mm-hmm. I, I, I would still... I know he's not managed for a while, but Harry Redknapp... Um, yeah. He, everyone was saying, give it to Harry. I think he'd come out of retirement for it, but I just think if they weren't going to pick him last time, they won't pick him now. Yeah. And that's the issue. I have a funny feeling. My, my out, yeah, my outside bet is, I was about to say that, that I think they'll go foreign again. Because I don't, I think because there are potential England managers out there, but they're not ready. Uh, like for example, Eddie, Eddie Howe, Howe. Um, who I think would be a great England manager in the future, but he needs time. Uh, and I wouldn't pick Gareth Southgate either, even though they won the under twenty ones, which I don't think is as big as people think. Yeah. Um, I don't like him either because I think he's another semi-negative. Of course, the, the other guy, the other, the other, the other big guy, and I emphasise the word big. You know what I'm talking about now. You're that big guy. Sam Allardyce. Big oh family. God, I would, I, I would quit football forever if that happened. And it's not because he's Sunderland manager. I've never liked him. Never ever liked him. He's so dull. He's so dull. Like I hate, I hate this. We'll play the most negative way because it's a results-driven business. And the, like, the only thing that the I entertainment industry as well. You numbskull. Yeah, the only, the only thing going from. I, I don't think he'd, he'd be a yes man. That's the only thing. No, I do appreciate that, but I just don't rate him as a manager, and I think I'd struggle. It was the, I had the same feeling when McLaren took over us, because yeah. I just don't rate him, and he was a sh- he was a sh- shittest England manager, and he, he's overrated as a as a coach, and and yeah, but it, it could that could happen. 
because um, I agree with no, you, you might... there is no. I think Austin Wenger's been told as well. No. Um, I mean, there was that thing about Slavin Bilic. Lee Dixon was saying Slavin Bilic should take it, but he wouldn't take it. I mean, he yeah. left He left his own country to be club manager, so why would he take our job? Again, that's really big-headed of us to go, oh, he left Croatia, which he was adored, and he went and took the West Ham job, and then like, oh, come and take England. That's the job everybody wants. And he'd look, I, I would be surprised if a foreigner looked at that. Because Sven was a virtual unknown you know, I know he like managed Lazio for a bit, so Italian people knew him. But on the worldwide scale, everyone was like Sven who, and he, yeah. and it's no wonder he took it because it was easily the best job he'd ever had. Whereas it's not the same now. Yeah, so I didn't like I didn't like Sven. Mm, he's like all right. Yeah. I mean, well, the thing is, he got that phenomenal result against Germany. Mm-hmm. But, but again, you know that you made the point about Mike Lone and his wonder goal. When you, it seems, it seems to be a familiar pattern that if you achieve something so wild early on, yeah, it's as if you have to maintain that standard right, right through to the end. <laughs> and you know, you, you can't beat every kind of big team five one. But even then, afterwards, his team selections and uh, I just didn't agree with. And I think he, again, like with Roy, there was a point where he just didn't know what he was doing. Mm-hmm. And in friendlies, he was, he was, he was, he was taking, taking half the bloody team off. Most of the teams, remember? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it would be a completely different team in the second half. Mm-hmm. I mean, how do you expect to maintain any consistency then? I don't know. Yeah, I know what you mean. Cool. Anyway, cool. So that was the end of our um, Euro 2016 special, I guess, and that was fun. That was brilliant. Uh, I loved it. That was really fun. Um, no worries, man. And uh, hopefully, um, as we should, have, as I'll probably mention in the introduction, but I'll say now. Obviously, Ricky's on Twitter, which is at vividricky. Um, is, it, is there an underscore on that? I keep forgetting. No, just so, one word. Oh, it's just very tricky, isn't it? And uh, and uh, obviously, how I know him, for the, which I'll mention in the introduction, is uh, he's co-hosted Mentally Sound, which is going through a weird transition at the minute. Hopefully, it'll be fixed. Um, but there's some episodes of that on iTunes. So obviously, look, listen to that as well as obviously listen to some episodes of this. Ricky's been on before, so um, using the Steve O'Driscoll episode, which I touched on earlier. Um, so obviously, listen to iTunes. Please do subscribe. Um, and everything else. Uh, tell your friends, all your carrier pigeons, send them away. <laughs> any mode of tramp, any mode of communication you can come up with. It's actually appreciated, yeah. Uh, Morse code, um, <laughs> telegram, uh, and uh, anything else really. But um, but yeah, and uh, just thanks for listening. Uh, so thanks, and thanks Ricky for being on. Much appreciated. Thank you, enjoyed it. And I'll obviously speak to you soon, mate. Um, yeah, and you're welcome you. back anytime. Uh, and cool, I'll end the podcast like I always end, guys. In the words of the great B-movie, Robot Josh Crash and Burn, and good luck to either France or Portugal in the final. Goodbye, guys. Bye. See you guys. Bye. Thanks. Yay. Thirty-two. Okay, cool. I'll just turn cool, it off. man. Turn it off, yeah. Uh, yeah. See.